Yo, what's up, everyone? G Money Stacks here. You may remember me from shows like Off the Meat Rat Chains, New York Avenue podcast, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, Sports Edition show, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast review show. I'm here to talk to you at home about Spotify for podcasters. Why are you wasting and struggling with your money on a hosting site to promote your show with limited storages? Forget about it. Let's break this down. If you are a current Anchor user, don't worry about the changes. Everything will be the same with added new features. Spotify for Podcasters, formerly known as Anchor, is a free hosting site and phone app that gives you old and new creation tools, also provides free hosting with access to record, upload videos from podcast episodes, edit, add music to your show, monetize, Q&A questions, polls, distribute your podcast on streaming platforms tracking analytics plus the show's growth audience from international places canada usa international including long island and the five boroughs of new york and much more you can get money from sponsorship with no minimum listenership spotify for podcasters also offers hosting and a way to upload podcast videos to attract listeners also keep track of the number number of streams these are the important keys to making a podcast if you like to create a podcast and be a guest co-host like myself you can download the free spotify for podcasters app on your iphones android phones ipads android tablets apple mac and dell laptops with windows Or check out the website for more information to get a head start on your podcast journey at www.podcasters.spotify.com. If I can reach success, so can you. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. I'm G Money Stacks, aka The Gregonator. Thank you for listening to me and the podcast. Let's go. G Money Stacks here from Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Avenue podcast. I wanted to take the time to inform you about episode 300 as far as the topic goes, which includes 
the West Village subway station slashing free NYC buses. The bus accident in Orange County. Spawn arrives in season six of Call of Duty. Hip hop legends made an ad addressing the healthcare system. Game of Thrones creator and author sues chat GPT maker open AI for copy infringement. We have the two TV shows, the crossover Young Love, iHeartRadio Music Festival highlights. We have the Halloween costumes of 2023, best to worst, alongside with um the horror movies, best to worst. And we have podcast juice of the week and um and so much more. And this episode is titled Third Year of the New York Avenue Podcast, which is dedicated to this number one pod, number one show right here, off the Meat Rat Chains New York Avenue Podcast. So this is my way of saying thank you to everyone at home, including including USA, Canada, International, Long Island, aka Strong Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. And I appreciate every single one of you who took the time to stick around, listen to the topics, and and the explanation of each topic. So thank you so much. I'm your man, G Money Stacks, a.k.a. The Greg in here. Thank you very much for listening and tuning in and rocking with me. And enjoy episode 300, third year of the New York Avenue podcast. One love. Good evening, ghosts, ghouls, and screamers out there from USA, International, Canada, Long Island, aka Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens. This is your man, G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator. Host with the most misunderstood lonely nomad, unstoppable independent podcaster, and the man who holds the back doors of two buses and Queens, New York, native of Laurelton, Queens, New York, and you're rocking and hanging out with me on the on the 300 episode. Hold on, let me start this off with some noise. Rec- with, with, let me start off with some noise, man, because 
this is this is huge. This is very huge for me, actually, and especially me recording on this Halloween day, man. This is this is very huge for me. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> yeah. Let me make some noise for myself, man. And you're rocking with the 300th episode of Off the Meat Rat Chains, New York Avenue podcast. And happy Halloween, everybody. I know many people are enjoying the Halloween weekend and everything else in between, going trick-or-treating. And and we got a great jam-packed Halloween episode for you today. And, and on top of celebrating the 300th episode, I really wanted to do it um, because... You know, <laughs> I mean, it's just my way of saying thank you to every single one of you out there that's been that's been trying to that's been trying to help me not give up on my podcasting um career and being able to lift me up to 300 episodes. It really means a lot to me. I do appreciate every single one of y'all who are um, basically, you know, supporting and all the other stuff. So there you have it right there, man. And <laughs> that's huge for me, man. That's very huge, man. You know what I'm saying? Um. So, yeah. Um, I got to say, man, this is pretty dope, man. Um. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, without further ado, um, if you are new to the YouTube universe and you miss any new and previous episodes whatsoever, please feel free to go ahead and grab the subscribe button for me on the YouTube channel page of G Money Stacks Triple Five with all the live video episodes on there already uploaded and posted to the channel page. And of course, leave a like and a comment on the episodes and topics in case um, you have a favorite topic that you like and stuff. Um, you know, just let me know in the comments. All right. So um, let me continue. We are also live and direct from StreamYard and YouTube. And of course, Aside of myself, it's the Instagram live feed. Be sure to turn on your notifications and everything else in between. I will handle the rest at the end of the show. So it really does mean a lot to me. It really does mean a lot to me that I'm able to do what I love. You know what I'm saying? So without, let me continue. If, if you can... Grab the subscribe button for me on the YouTube channel page alongside with alerts. Um, you will be reminded of when the podcast episode recordings is going to start along with the day, the month, the date, and the time. All right. So you're gonna see a you're gonna see a button on YouTube saying notify me. You want to press that notification bell so you can be. So you can be alert 
so you could be um in the know on when I'm going to be on the air via live stream on YouTube. And of course, besides my besides YouTube, I'm also on Instagram live as well. So um yeah, so without further let me just get started on here, man, because um yes, yeah, so let me hang on a second, man. This is this is very, very, very fun right now, man. <laughs> All right, so it started with the New York Mass Transit Files, shall we? And this really means a lot, actually. And um, and that ha and this really means a lot, actually. So I'm in my moments right now, so <laughs> forgive me. Um, so yes. This is hold on a second. Yeah, and this is a little bit of a this is a little bit of a win for me. Hang on. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Now I can go on to my primary sound effect for this segment right here, the New York Mass Transit Files. We got a slashing incident in the West Village that we need to get to right here. Okay, I know a lot of times you hear these stories about people getting slashed at subway stations a lot, though, throughout this year, right? But this one in particular is another serious one right here. And this is from AMNY.com. A slashing at the West Village subway station early on Saturday morning left a man seriously wounded, police reported. The search continues for the suspect behind the attack that occurred inside the Christopher Street station on the one line near 7th Avenue South at about 5.29 a.m. on September 3rd, September 23rd. Excuse me. Police sources reported that the victim, a man in his 40s, was slashed in the in the left cheek by an unidentified suspect who wielded a sharp a sharp object. Oh boy, the, the the motive for the bloody assault remains unknown and under investigation. Oh boy. Sheesh. Ah! Ah! 
this is very unbelievable very unbelievable and um if you are at a subway station or whatever case scenario may be please be careful out there and and not be close to the subway tracks by um by the edge of the station so please be careful all right so um law enforcement sources said that the slasher described only as a man with a dark complexion fled the fled the scene in an unknown direction officers from nypd transit district 2 and the sixth precinct responded to the incident ems rushed the victim to bellevue hospital for treatment of his injuries which were not considered life-threatening transit crime is down slightly across the sixth precinct so far this year through september 17th according to the most recent comp stat report the command tallied 29 incidents in the transit system down 9.4 percent from the 32 reported at the same point in 2022. of course anyone with with information regarding saturday slashing can call crime stoppers at 800-577 tips for spanish um it's you can dial 888-57-PISTA you can also submit tips online at crimestoppers.nypdonline.org or on X, formerly known as Twitter, at NYPD Tips. All calls and messages are kept confidential. Up next, we have another. We have um. Up next, um. Okay, up next, we gotta talk about um. Let me see what else we what else um. Um, up next, yes, up next, we have Metro North's 130, um, Park Avenue, um, thing to talk about here. So reconstruction work has kicked off on 130th year old, on a 130 year old Park Avenue, um, viaduct which carries hundreds of Metro North trains daily from Grand Central Terminal, but is starting to show its age, Governor Kathy Hochul announced Thursday. Um, let's see. Crews have begun clearing areas underneath the viaduct in East Harlem, according to the governor, to prepare the grounds for new foundations and support columns that will eventually support a new steel structure. The first phase of the project between 115th and 123rd Streets is expected to cost $590 million and to be completed in 2026. Carrying hundreds of thousands of passengers every day, the Park Avenue viaduct is a crucial piece of our transportation infrastructure, Hoku said in a statement. This replacement is essential to providing faster and safer service to our Metro North customers while minimizing impact to the local community. Um, the steel viaduct with four tracks, first constructed in 19... 19- excuse me 1893 
is a critical piece of infrastructure for regional transit operations carrying 750 Metro North trains each day. Nearly all of the railroads service as they go between Manhattan and areas north of the city. <clears throat> Nearly every train under the Metro North banner operates along the viaduct, which runs from 110th Street to the Harlem River. But after more than a century of service, the viaduct is well past its useful life and a new structure is needed to serve the region for another 100 years, said the MTA's construction chief, Jamie Torres Springer. The approach to Grand Central above and below ground is one of the most closely watched pieces of infrastructure in the MTA's $1.5 trillion portfolio with potentially devastating consequences should any part of it fail in the coming years. Damn. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, south of 96th Street, the underground tunnel approach and the complex shed sorting trains to platforms at Grand Central are also over a century old. They are buckling under the weight of buildings and vehicles above ground, as well as from water infiltration and corrosion. The MTA portrayed the Grand Central approach as one of its most pressing infrastructure needs to address in its recent 20-year needs assessment. Following foundation work in East Harlem, the MTA expects to com commence reconstruction of the structure itself by the middle of next year, with work projected for completion by 2026. Yeah, that's a long time. That's three years. The lion's share of the financing, about $500 million, will come from the federal government. Um, the initial phase of the work will require the removal of some parking spaces and businesses under the viaduct, while later structural work will necessitate occasional reduction of service to just two of the four tracks. The MCA says that the redesigned viaduct will be painted in a more pleasing color palette and will incorporate design elements to reduce noise and vibrations underhand that have long kept neighbors awake. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh boy. Um, a new mural will also be painted on the viaduct at 116th Street. Work is set to commence on the next phase of the project between 127th Street and 131st Streets in the coming years. Yeah, good luck with that one. All right. Let's get into another MTA um, thing regarding Omni. Yes, so New York City, New York City's transit riders can finally start purchasing Omni cards at select subway stations after the MTA activated Omni vending machines at six subway stations across the five boroughs on Monday. Um, 
which was yesterday. Similar to um you you big cute you you big cutest metricard machines um omni vendor machines allow riders to buy reload or check balances on an omni card which they can use to tap into the system and pay their fare omni cards were previously only available at select retailers like cvs Dwayne reed or 7-Eleven, but after a delayed rollout, Omni machines finally started appearing in subway stations in recent weeks. And on Monday, the MTA activated 10 machines at six stations for a 30-day pilot intended to work out the system's kinks before a larger rollout. Yeah, I didn't see, I did not see an Omni machine in the Jamaica Center um, station in jamaica queens so i'm not sure um when that's gonna really um go down so um we'll see what happens remains remains to be seen and to be determined anyway um yes so installing omni vending machines in subway stations make it makes it easier than ever for transit customers to leave MetroCard in the past and embrace the convenience of tapping, especially those who pay with cash to ride, said Rich Davey, the president of New York City, the president of MTA New York City Transit in a statement. The only issue I have with the Omni cards and all other stuff is that the people from NiceBus don't have the scanners quite yet. And I'm not sure when they're gonna um and I'm not sure when they're gonna really install it in all their buses. So that's gonna be that's gonna be very, very, very hard to actually that's gonna be a challenge for some people, especially me who has a job in um in Long Island. You know what I mean? And and I don't know, hopefully, hopefully the people from Nice Bus can really consider putting um omni scanners on their buses because some people because i've seen some people on the q5 and other buses use omni on the transit buses so you know we'll see what happens all right so um okay yeah so um Vending machines have been turned on at 86th Street and Bowling Green on the 456 line in Manhattan, Atlantic Avenue, Barclays Center, and Brooklyn Junction Boulevard on the 7 line in Queens, and Fordham Road on the 4 and B and D lines, um, which are separate stations but close together in the Bronx. There are there are a few dozen more sitting dormant at other stations that will be activated should the pilot go well as is expected and the MTA hopes to roll them out at all 472 subway stations next year damn next year so you mean telling me that Jamaica Center and all the other stations in Queens gotta wait another year
<sighs> this is crazy. This is very crazy right now. You know what I mean? Very crazy. All right. So the machines look and operate similarly to their Metrocard cousins, but are slightly smaller and have a larger LCD screen. Purchasing an Omni card costs a dollar. One dollar. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad for a Metricard, huh? Not bad for an Omni card. Excuse me. Hmm. Um, man. Let's see. And riders can load as much money as they want on on one using either cash, a credit card, or a debit card. The cards do not expire for five years, longer than the life of a metric card. <laughs> oh, shit. And if a rider were to lose one, they can recover their money provided provided they have recorded the serial number printed on the back many transit riders have been using omni for for years by tapping their debit card or digital wallet on a reader which have been installed on all subway turnstiles and buses since 2020 which was three which was three years ago three to four years yeah three to four years but Omni cards are critical equipment to tap and go for for the scores of New Yorkers and others who don't have smartphones or bank accounts. All right, uh, I got those things covered. Um, I got those things covered. So we'll see what happens here. I'm gonna cop one of these Omni cards in a couple of days. See how it goes, and and you know see how how better it is compared to a metric card you know what i'm saying so anyway um let's get let me continue um all right um yes so um let me continue here the mta has disclosed significant racial economic and geographic disparities in who is using omni Really, though, nearly 70% of those paying a full price $2.90 fare have switched to Omni, while the, while the numbers are quite a bit lower for seniors and disabled New Yorkers paying reduced fares. Fair fares users and public school students still must use a MetroCard. <laughs> Damn. $2.90. Yeah. Um, yes, $2.90. Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay. Omni usage is high, it's highest in neighborhoods with large populations of young, affluent people like Williamsburg and Greenwich Village, while it lags in lower income out of borough communities. That lies partly in the fact that. Omni cars are for sale at 
big chain retailers, while local neighborhood bodegas still tend to sell MetroCards, a problem Omni machines are intended to fix. There are also disparities between usage on the subway and bus. On a typical week weekday, about 45% of subway riders pay using Omni, um, compared to about 30% of bus riders who have lower average incomes. Previously, the MTA projected it would fully transition to Omni and phase out the metric card by the end of the day the end of this year but on monday davy told reporters he doesn't expect to retire the metric card for at least another 18 months which is a long time folks new yorkers what they do hate more than the status quo change said davy and so retiring the metric card will take some time for sure and we'll do that again with both speed but deliberation because at the end of the day we want to make sure that our customers are not confused as we roll this out this is not the first time new yorkers had have had multiple opinions to pay for transit of course the metric card was first introduced back in 1993 but it took a full decade after that before subways and buses stopped accepting tokens as payment in 2003 besides convincing the full riding public to take the plunge the agency still has to not only integrate omni into its various discount fare programs but also make it a seamless experience we will get omni adoption and be able to retire metrocard once we've made it simple and convenient for every single one of our riders to be able to use tap and go said jamie torres springer the mta's chief chief of construction and development okay all right um let's see let's see all right so up next we need to we need to talk about um the bus accident in Orange County. All right. Um, yes, we need to talk about that. We need to talk about that. Um, and along with um, some Halloween stuff that um, that is included in this episode and others, I don't think in, in this episode. Um, I'll try my best to get through um, the best worst costumes, um, best Halloween drinks. Um, there's, there's of course, um, best to worst um, movie Halloween movies, and and of course TV shows as well. So, um, without further ado, um, let's continue on to. We're going to continue on to um, our next segment right here. And this is, this is called Chatting All the Jazz. All right. Here we go.
All right. Um, okay. Okay, let's get into this bus accident that we need to talk about here in Orange County. All right, so um, before I continue, let me see who just came into the chat real quick. And shouts to Awesome Cookie, aka Robin. Happy Halloween to Happy Halloween to you and all your friends out there. All right, gotcha. All right, so so there's been a bus accident in Orange County. Um, let me fill you in on what happened here from Times Union. Um, so. Wawa Yanda, um, the area in Orange County, where the two people who died in, in the September bus crash on Interstate 84 in Orange County were ejected from the front row when the bus careened off the roadway and the driver was among those seriously injured, according to preliminary findings from the National Transportation Safety Board released Thursday. Damn. The report does not identify a cause of the accident and notes that all aspects of the crash remain under investigation, but it does provide previously unreported details, including that the bus, a 2014 Prevost motor coach, was traveling in the right lane and crossed over another lane on the westbound side of the divided highway before barrel barreling through a roadside cable barrier and traveling down the median where it came to a rest on its left side. Oh boy. Oh boy. Damn. That's some scary stuff, man. That is some scary shit, man. On a real, that is some scary shit. Yeah, that's scary right there. Okay, so um let's take let's continue. So where was I? Um 
Yes, so several occupants were ejected from the motor coach, including the driver and the two front row adult occupants. Um, both front row occupants were fatally injured and the driver was seriously injured, the report reads. The crash occurred just past mile marker 12. At that stretch, I-84 is a four-lane divided highway with a speed limit of 65 miles per hour and a depressed um, earthen median separating the eastbound and westbound lanes. Okay, so um, in the wake of the crash, local lawmakers and emergency services renew calls for the State Department of Transportation to fund a crash gate on I-84 between the westbound and eastbound highways that would reduce emergency response times. The, the Slate Hill Fire Department is the EMS team nearest the crash, but its closest entrance to I-84 is four miles from the firehouse, requiring its trucks to travel into another neighboring fire district just to enter the interstate. According to the Slate Hill Fire Chief, a crash gate between the divided highway lanes would have reduced its response time by five to 10 minutes. Damn, son. U.S. Senator Charles E. Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand and U.S. Representative Pat Ryan joined calls for a crash gate this week, urging the Federal Highway Administration to support New York State and local officials in greenlining the project. In quote, the, tra the tragic bus crash in Orange County that took the lives of two beloved Long Island educators and seriously injured dozens of Farmingdale High School students rightfully has residents across New York concerned about the safety of interstate 84 and the ability of first responders to quickly reach accidents in a more expeditious manner, Schumer said in a news release. The bus was carrying 40 students from Farmingdale High School in Nassau County on Long Island. They were headed to a band camp in Greeley, um, Pennsylvania. Four adults were also on the bus two of the two of whom died gina um pelletier pelletier age 43 of massapequa who was the high school's band director and beatrice ferrari age 77 of farmingdale a retired teacher at the high school regency transportation limited the Long Island-based operator of the charter bus is on the State Department of Transportation's list of unacceptable operators for failing five of 15 semi-annual department inspections over the last year. The vehicle involved in the September 21st crash was inspected in August upon purchase by Regency and passed this, this first semi annual inspection. DOT spokesman Joe Morrissey said the bus was also subject to three random roadside inspections by agencies in other states since 2021 and one by New York's Transportation Department. 
which took place after the routine August inspection. It passed each time, according to Morrissey. A seven-member seven member team from the National Transportation Safety Board arrived on the scene on September 22nd, the day after the crash. The investigation is being led by NTSB investigator John Hum. The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration and New York State Police are also involved in the, in the investigation, according to the NSD the NTSB sheesh yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be a long time that's gonna be a long investigation folks so I'm not too sure about this but I'm not sure if I'm gonna be able to keep up with this story but I'll see if I can actually get some um some information I don't know but we'll see anyway um anyway um I forgot to mention Hold on a second. I forgot to mention in the uh, in the um, hang on a second here. Hang on a second here. Yeah, I forgot to mention the um, the free bus thing. Um, hang on a second. Let me just include that in here. Um, okay. So according to the Gothamist, one MTA bus route will be free in each New York City borough starting Sunday, which already happened. Riders will notice digital displays on the front and sides of the buses indicating they are free. The free buses are on those routes. The B60, which runs in Brooklyn from Canarsie to Williamsburg, excuse me, Williamsburg Bridge Plaza. The M116 across the town bus in Manhattan traveling primarily on 116th Street. The Q4, which runs in Southeast Queens between Cambria Heights and Jamaica Center. The S46 and S96, which count as one route in Staten Island running between St. George Ferry Terminal and West Shore Plaza. The BX-18, which runs in a loop in the Western Bronx between Undercliff Avenue or Cedric Avenue and Grand Concourse. The free buses are part of the state budget deal lawmakers struck with Governor Kathy Hochul in exchange for new taxes and more funding for the MTA. The transit agency will study the results of the free bus pilot over the course of a period lasting no longer than a year. 
getting more New Yorkers on to public transit must be at the forefront of our plan for a greener New York and making a bus route free in each of the five boroughs of our city begins our journey of doing that, doing just that. Queens Assembly um, member um, Zoran um, Mamdani wrote in a statement. Um, the MTA didn't charge bus fares for nearly half a year during the slamdemic. Bus ridership remains down by nearly 40% most days compared to pre-slandemic levels. The MTA says actual ridership is likely higher than the official numbers due to rampant fare evasion. New York City Transit President Richard Davies said he wasn't worried about the free the five free buses being overcrowded. We welcome the ridership. We have a lot of room on those vehicles, but we'll monitor if we need to add service. New York City Transit President Richard Davies said at Wednesday's um, Wednesday's MTA board meeting. The routes serve about 44,000 of the agency's 1.3 million weekday bus riders. Last week, the MTA launched a new fare evasion crackdown campaign on local buses, although the agency wouldn't say exactly where they are cracking down. An MTA report found recently that as many as 37% of riders or 700,000 people don't pay the fare. Progressive lawmakers have pushed for free MTA bus service to help poor New Yorkers. Omni machines will be covered in the buses so riders know not to pay. The MTA will use automated passenger counters to monitor how many people are riding. Mm, it's kind of hard to keep track of how many um how many people are on the bus. So it's going to be a lot of people. So that's not going to be easy. You feel me? That's not going to be easy. So um so there you have it right there. And uh let's see. Let's see. Let's get to Let's get to uh home on a minute here. Um hold on a minute here. Let's get into let's get into um Game of Thrones author. All right, so now I did talk I did talk about this whole AI fucking AI mess which is fucking ridiculous right now. Um and this is from the Business Insider. So let's get into it right here. Um George R R Martin and other authors are suing chat GPT owner um OpenAI claiming copyright infringement. The lawsuit alleges OpenAI is using the works of authors to train chat GPT without their consent. It follows a series of lawsuits writers launched against OpenAI over similar accusations. Um, writers have launched yet another lawsuit against OpenAI, the company behind chat GPT. On Tuesday, the, the Authors Guild, a group that 
represents nearly 14,000 U.S. authors and prominent writers within it sued OpenAI in the Southern District of New York over allegations that the chat GPT maker trained its large language AI models on the works of authors like George R.R. R. Martin, the novelist behind the book A Game of Thrones, and John um, Grisham without their consent. Okay, that sounds like a big big problem right there that some of the writers from the wga was talking about <sighs> and that's fucking crazy man that's really fucking crazy right there man unfortunately and to me that sounds like an epic fail waiting to happen that's that's really crazy man Okay, um, now this is just, this is just really messed, that's really fucked up though. I'm, I'm, unfortunately, um, unfortunately, just because, ah, man, just because a, AI is here does not mean you get the copy off of people's work. You feel what I'm saying? That's, that's really messed up right there. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's see. So through non-consensual training, the conversational AI chatbot would allow anyone to generate text that the publishers would otherwise pay writers to create and spit out derivative works based on summaries or paraphrases, according to the lawsuit. In turn, the lawsuit alleges that open AI's um double LMs could endanger the ability for friction for fiction writers to make a living these algorithms are at the heart of defendants massive commercial enterprise the lawsuit states and at the heart of these algorithms is systematic theft on a mass scale i agree um the writers seek damages for the lost opportunity to license their works according to the suit and a permanent injunction to prevent these harms from occurring. The ability for chat 
for chat GPT to mimic the works of authors, according to the Guild, could spell trouble for the publishing industry. In a public statement discussing the lawsuit, the Guild cited its latest author income survey, which found that the median salary for a full-time author as of 2022 was just barely over $20,000 and that nearly half of the authors surveyed earned less than the median. Oof. Wow. Wow. Generative AI threatens to decimate the author profession, the, the Gill said in a, in a statement. In response to the lawsuit, OpenAI told Insider that the company respects the rights of writers and authors and has been working cooperatively with creators globally to understand and discuss their concerns about AI, which is artificial intelligence, folks. If you don't know what AI stands for, now you know we're optimistic we will continue to find mutually beneficial ways to work together to help people utilize new technology in a rich content ecosystem open ai wrote in a statement this latest lawsuit joins a series of legal disputes that writers have launched against open AI on similar accusations of copyright infringement. These lawsuits come as Hollywood writers continue to strike um, in part out of fears that powerful AI technology could potentially replace their jobs. In late June, award-winning author Mona Awad and Paul Tremblay sued OpenAI on allegations that the company ingested their books to train chat GPT. Weeks later, comedian Sarah Silverman, Sarah Silverman alongside author um, Christopher Golden and Richard um, Kadri sued OpenAI over similar allegations. As of August, the New York Times is considering suing OpenAI over claims that its news articles are being fed to ChatGPT. It's not just the writers suing OpenAI. In January, a trio of artists launched a lawsuit against Stability AI, Midjourney, and um, Deviant Art, accusing the companies of training their text-to-image AI generate generators on their art without their permission. That same month, um, Getty Images files, filed a lawsuit against Stability AI over claims that the company unlawfully copied and processed millions of images protected by copyright. Some publishers have gone the route of negotiating a licensing deal with OpenAI in return for payment. Associated Press, for instance, struck a two-year agreement with OpenAI that gives the AI company permission to train ChatGPT chat on its archive of news stories. As for the Authors Guild, writers must um, have the ability to control if 
and how their works are used by generative AI. Authors Guild CEO Mary Rassenberger wrote in a statement, regurgitated culture is no replacement for human art, Rassenberger said. And I gotta really agree, I have to agree, I have to really agree, man, because we have copyright law, copyright laws for a reason, though. You know what I'm saying? Like anybody from a fucking tech company using artificial intelligence to actually not only copy the work of people and their voices and all the other stuff is going to get really, really, really screwed. They're going to get fucking screwed, man, if you continue to do that and then not have the permission and all that other shit, though. You know what I'm saying? So I actually agree with them suing. I actually agree with this. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What else we have? Okay. Um, yes. Um, we're gonna do a little recap of the iHeartRadio Music Festival. We're gonna do that. Um, yeah, we're gonna do that right now. Um, although it was on Hulu, which every which certain which every single person couldn't really watch this year, um, on Hulu because not everybody has Hulu. So there you go, right there. Um, all right. Um, let's see. Let's see. Yes. So the 2023 iHeartRadio Music Festival took over T-Mobile. T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas um, just a few weeks ago, and it was a weekend full of incredible live performances from some of the biggest artists and bands in the world. Lining up the stage this year was was a star-studded lineup, including Foo Fighters, Fall Out Boy, Kelly Clarkson, Kane Brown, Lil Wayne, Lenny Kravitz, Miguel, Public Enemy, Sheryl Crow, Tim McGraw, 30 Seconds to Mars, Travis Scott and more from nostalgic performances to surprise guests this year's iHeart Music Festival had it all um of course if you miss any of this year's iHeart iHeart Radio Music Festival or just want to relive the weekend you can watch all of the best moments on demand on Hulu from October 10th through the 31st which is today um let's see and uh let's see of course uh fallout boy lit their heads on fire while performing their rendition of a billy joe classic after a full a set full of fan favorites including sugar and and thanks um f-r-t-h-m-m-r-s fallout boy closed out the show with a bang by performing the f with fires blazing on their heads <laughs> while performing we didn't start the fire their updated 2023 cover of billy joe's 1989 hit wow wow 
Wow. Laying your ass on fire on your head. Wow. Okay, um, all right, uh, <laughs> wait, this is crazy, um, hold on, let me see who came in, Centillo Pizza, let's see you, okay, all right, um, wait, Okay, so uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yes, so Travis Scott brought some fan favorites to life during his explosive performance. Chase B held it down at the DJ booth while Scott performed new music from his latest album, which dropped over the summer. <laughs> Excuse me. He also belted out fan favorites like No Bystanders, um, Antidote, Sicker Mode, and Goosebumps. Um, 30 Seconds to Mars, um, which includes the actor Jared Leto perform, join fans as the band performed one of their beloved, beloved hits. After a set full of fan favorites and new songs, Jared Leto brought fans up on stage to rock out, to rock out to one of their biggest hits, The Kill, from their second album, A Beautiful Lie. For the rest of the audience who didn't make it up on stage let her walk through the crowd and interacted with fans before closing out the set um foo fighters got the crowd rocking out with their energetic career spanning set the foo fighters took the stage at the 2023 iheart radio music festival for the very first time um performing an incredible set of some of their biggest hits from their nearly three decade long career. A Foo Fighters concert or festival appearance is often quite lengthy, but as Dave um, Grohl told the crowd, the band condensed what is normally a three hour set into a little more than a half an hour to treat the Las Vegas audience to 28 years worth of musical highlights. Public Enemy brought back all the classics. Chuck D and Flavor Flav kicked their set off by performing beloved, beloved classics, including Fight the Power and, Sh and Shut Them Up. Hmm. Um, Kelly Clarkson had an epic mic drop moment with a Since You've Been Gone lyrics swap. The star performed one of her most iconic hit throughout her career, prompting an epic sing-along with the crowd. Since You've Been Gone, an empowering anthem that appeared on her 12-track Breakaway album in 2004. Notably, Clarkson made a lyric swap at the end of Since You've Been Gone, singing, I'm so happy now that you are gone. Little Wayne performed all his fan favorites and teased more new music. Wheezy kicked things off with 
John before he busted out various classics like six foot, seven foot, a milli, lollipop, lollipop, blunt blowing, rich as fuck, love me, and his hit off the Carter Five uproar with the support of his DJ and a drummer. Lenny Kravitz rocked out with all of his biggest hits after his full throttle performance and hosting at the iHeart Radio Music Awards earlier this year. Kravitz's iHeart Festival performance was no different as he treated the crowd to some of their favorites, including his cover of the Guess Who's 1970 hit, American Woman, Fly Away, from his fifth studio album, Five and More. Um, of course, TLC was there, and they paid homage to the late, great Lisa Lethai Lopez in Heartwarming Tribute. So the spirit of the late, great Lisa Lethai Lopez was felt during T-Boz and Chili's performance of Ain't Too Proud. And what about your friends? And they paid homage to Lethai right before they got into waterfalls. Cheryl Crow got nostalgic with with 90s throwbacks. Crow took everyone on a trip back to the 90s with her performances of If It Makes You Happy, featured on her her self-titled app, excuse me, self-titled project that made its debut mid-decade and my favorite mistake. Um, Lil Dirk surprises the crowd with J. Cole to perform All My Life Together for the first time, which which actually won some BET awards, by the way. Um, during his set, Lil Dirk brought out J. Cole to perform their collaboration All My Life Together for the first time ever. Um, Tim McGraw fired up the crowd with decades of his iconic hits, a country icon like Tim McGraw has a number a number of unforgettable hits from his career spanning set, and he performed some of his best, including Live Like You Were Dying and Standing Room Only. Miguel delivered an electrifying set. The multifaceted singer took over the stage as he played his guitar alongside his live band performing songs like Skywalker and Sure Thing. Kane Brown surprised the crowd with two surprise guests. The country singer-songwriter had two big surprises up his sleeve during his set when he invited his wife, Caitlin Brown, out to sing Thank God, followed by Khaled to help him sing their collab, Be Like That. Hmm. And that's the highlights of the iHeartRadio Music Festival of 2023. So um, it was on Hulu. So in case you didn't get a chance to watch it, um, do it now. All right. Um, okay. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, oh, boy. Let me see. Um, I'm going to save the spawn thing of Call of Duty. I'm going to save that for... Um, I'm going to 
I'm gonna save that for last anyway. So let's see. Okay, um, let's get into. All right, let's get into. Let me see. We're going to get into the Halloween costumes of 2023 in honor of Halloween. And we're going to get into the best and worst Halloween TV shows, plus the movies. And, of course, best Halloween parties. And we're going to get into... We're going to get into um, a little bit of everything as far as um, um, the, the, the spawn of season six of Call of Duty. Oh, wait. Let me get to the hip-hop legends um, made an ad addressing healthcare system. Okay, let's get to that one first. All right, so... I ain't want to forget that one. Um, let's get to that one. Um, let's get to that one right here, man. Um, let's see. Um, okay, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's see. Um, serious stupid films. Um, hold on a second. Okay. Legendary. Wait, hip hop legends main and ad addressing the healthcare system. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's get to it. Um okay, hip hop legends made an ad addressing the healthcare system. Okay. All right. So All right. So let's get into it right here. Let's get into it right here. All right, so hip hop stars calls for transparency. Wow, not sure what that means. Not sure what that means, but and sorry for the car noise. Hold on a second. All right, so as the music industry celebrates 50 years of hip-hop some of the genre's biggest stars are using the anniversary to advocate for better healthcare practices fat joe rick ross buster rhymes method man french montana and chuck d teamed up with the nonprofit power to the to the patients for a powerful new psa message asking for more transparency in the u.s healthcare system for 50 years now 
hold on one second. For 50 years now, hip hop has been a reflection of culture and society that includes stories of struggle and pain, social injustice, racial inequality, and the marginalization of communities. The stars state in the PSA, in quote, today we, we, we confront a healthcare system that has been rigged against all of us. Hospitals force patients to sign contracts for services without ever showing us actual prices. We're stifling competition and overcharging without accountability. The artists claim that if people can't pay their medical costs, these same contracts allow them to take everything we own, creating so much fear that millions and millions of Americans refuse to enter a hospital, putting out health and our lives at stake. The group calls the situ the group goes on to um call the situation an American humanitarian crisis adding we love our nurses and we need our doctors but hospitals and insurers are rigging a system to make profits off of people that are in struggle it's unforgivable we demand prices and transparency transparency in healthcare um, the PSA comes days after the lower cost, more transparency act was pulled from the white, from the house of representatives floor as some top Democrats threatened to object to the bill. According to political, the legislation looked to support both patients and healthcare workers by increasing the transparency of healthcare and prescription drug prices as listed on the house committee on energy and commerce's website in july 2023 the patient rights advocate reported in their semi-annual study that medical debt is the leading cause of bankruptcy in the country and only 36 percent of american hospitals comply with the federal price transparency rule which requires hospitals to provide to provide provide pricing information to patients um Fat Joe, age 53, for his part, has previously made multiple White House visits with power to the patients to discuss health care concerns with Capitol Hill lawmakers. In June, the rapper and the organization joined union groups and city council members at Mayor Eric Adams' signing of the Health Care Accountability and Consumer Protection Act in New York City. The act established the first U.S. Office of Healthcare Accountability, allowing New York residents to compare the prices of medical services at different hospitals. In the Bronx, you have women working two, three jobs, men working two, three jobs. And unfortunately, the hospital bills are so high that people become scared to go to the hospital, Joe told CNN in May. At the end of the day, I come from a community of people who championed me and stood by my side and helped me get to where I am. And so I got to always think of them and the, and be conscious 
of the voiceless. It's about my community. It's about helping people. So, yeah. All right. So, um, let me let's make some noise for Fat Joe and the other um and the other rappers um who who took the time to actually um do a PSA on the healthcare system and stuff. All right, so it is. Okay, um, let me see what else we got to go to. Oh, yes. You know what? Yes, let's get to. So in honor of Hall- in honor of Halloween today, um, we're going to go over the best costumes, the best and worst costumes, um, the best, worst TV shows and plus movies. And of course, best Halloween parties. And um, of course, I said I was going to save the spawn. Yeah, I was going to save the spawn arrives in season six of Call of Duty. Um, all right, so let's get to. All right, let's get to two TV shows actually The Crossover and Young Love. All right, so we're gonna get into it right here. Um, I do apologize. Let me just just do this right here. Um. All right, so we're gonna get into a little thing that I like to call TV show checkouts. Man, let's let's do this. Let's go. All right, we got some. We got two TV show checkouts. We got two TV shows to to talk about here. Um, first and foremost, let's get it. We're gonna get into. Um, hang on a sec. Um, hang on one second. Let me get rid of that. Um, okay, we got. Yes, yeah, so. Two TV show checkouts. We have to. Um, all right, hold on. Okay, so let's talk the crossover. 
let's talk the crossover. Um, I've been holding on to this for quite some time, actually. So, um, so the crossover stars Jalen Hall and Amir O'Neal um, chat about their basketball backgrounds and the brothers' different levels of devotion to the sport. Um, so the entirety of the crossover season one is now available to stream on Disney Plus, a sports drama inserted into a coming of age story. The crossover follows middle schoolers Jalen and Josh as they discover who they are both alongside and outside each other. The series is based on the book by Kwame Alexander, who serves as showrunner alongside um, Damani Johnson um, and Kimberly A. Harrison. The Bell Brothers are portrayed by Jalen Hall, who plays Josh um, from Filthy, and Amir O'Neill, who plays Jordan uh, um, GB. Um, Hall has worked on several projects, such as um, John Henry and Bruiser, but is mostly notable, most notably known for his role as Dylan James on the CW's All-American. Meanwhile, O'Neill was a serious regular on Marlin and voiced the character. Uh, Marty on Madagascar, a little while, the rest of the main cast includes Derek Luke, Sabrina uh, Ravel, um, Deja Monique Cruz, Trevor Bush, Skyla um, Elise, and David Diggs. Um, Jalen Hall and Amir O'Neill chat exclusively with Screen rant about their basketball backgrounds and discuss how the brothers' devotion to the sport affects their relationship. So, all right. So, um, they did an interview and there's been some questions being asked. So, how much basketball did you play before this movie? Do you have a background in the sport or were you learning on the go? And, um, and they said... Let's hear what they said, actually. So, um, yeah, pretty much learning on the go. I'm pretty sure we had enough expertise to land us the job, at least. <laughs> um, and and then when we started actually getting into practicing, we practiced every week leading up to filming. Then when we got to New Orleans to start filming, we still practice every so often. After a while, it, it just became secondhand. We were doing it for fun. It wasn't even something we had to do to get better anymore. It was something we wanted to, we wanted to do to further indulge in the sport. Um, okay, and um, there are a lot of differences between the brothers. Do you find that you are more similar to your own character or to each others um for me i would say that i find similarities in both characters i feel like i can relate to filthy in the way that he's kind of sure about what he wants to do in his life i feel like i have a general idea of what i want to do in my life i can relate to jb because i relate to jb just 
with his creativity and how he thinks, how he makes music and beats and even hits clothes, even his clothes. So yeah, depends on the day. Um, I agree with that. One of the biggest differences between the brothers is that Filthy sees basketball as his whole life and JB sees it as a part of his life. Can you just speak a little bit about the effect this has on their relationship? Uh, For sure, that can definitely create discord. But in Filthy's point of view, it's really kind of thrown a wrench in the machine and the gears there. The machine was running so smoothly at first, and then this sudden stop kind of disorients him in a way that he has to bounce back quickly, but he doesn't really know how. And that kind of creates a rift between both of them. The parents have to kind of mend both sides, but ultimately they don't have the power to fix it themselves. Ultimately, JB and Filthy will have to fix it themselves. The parents can only do so much. I guess that is the task of brotherhood, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, They are being coached by their dad. So do you think that adds a level of pressure? I don't think that the fact that they are being coached by their father is what adds the element of pressure. I think it's the fact that their father was so successful in his basketball career. Chuck Bell is like an NBA legend and his sons kind of had to carry that torch a little bit. I don't want to speak for Jalen because Jalen knows his character better than me, but I felt like for Filthy, especially he looks up to his father with JV I feel like he doesn't really feel the pressure as much just because he's kind of doing his own thing. Um, I can definitely attest to what you're saying. I think that there is a little bit of pressure regarding Filthy simply because, like Amir said, with his background and him being who he wants to be, but ultimately he doesn't want to disappoint him he wants him to be proud and a lot of that comes with him being coached and mentored by him so i guess you can say that he's happy that he's he's his coach because he looks up to his father and he's his hero and he wants to make him proud but also he feels like he's almost letting him down sometimes when things don't go as planned there's kind of this give and take it depends on the situation um so okay so about the crossover based on critically acclaimed best-selling novel and verse by kwame alexander the crossover introduces team brothers josh and jordan bell widely considered basketball phenoms through his lyrical poetry and adult version of josh aka filthy narrates the story of he and his brothers coming of age and on and off the court as their former professional basketball player father adjusts to life after basketball and their mother finally pursues lifelong dreams of her own so of course of course um check out our other 
other the crossover interviews here of course kwame alexander damani johnson and kimberly harrison sabrina revel and Derek luke so you can check out all the episodes of the crossover current that are currently available to stream on disney plus all right so there you have it right there and another tv show we gotta check out is young love hang on one second Yes, Young Love. So there you have it right there. So, um, and this is from NPR. Zuri is a, a precocious seven-year-old who keeps her parents on their toes. One moment she's about to shave her face using her dad's shaving cream <laughs> and razor. <laughs> oh, man. Mom and dad in a burst of parental intuition. <laughs> jump into the bathroom to stop that just in the nick in another um she's trying to be nice as her mom tugs her um hair into a frazzle of braids that her dad has to secretly undo and redo zuri's mom angela is off her game for a good reason <laughs> she's stepping back into the world after recovering from cancer treatments and that wonderful combination of cute kid and struggling parents is what distinguishes young love which is a new series on max spun out of an oscar-winning short film um isa ray provides the voice of angela a, a hairstylist who is nervous enough about returning to her old salon that she circles Zuri's school several times in the morning, delaying the drop off to avoid going back to work. Music fans will recognize rap star and actor um, Scott Mascuti, aka Kid Cuddy, as Zuri's dad, Steven, an inspiring hip hop producer who learned to microwave <laughs> frozen um, pancakes, which I do too. For <laughs> oh shit, for breakfast and used zip ties to coral his daughter's um hair while Angela was in the hospital. I'm going to act like I didn't hear any of that. <laughs> Angela says after learning about Steven's shortcuts. Oh wow. Ah oh, man, Ray and Miscotti are joined by veteran character actors harry lennox and loretta devine who play angela's old school parents and brooke moreau conaway shines as zuri who sounds super cute and innocent even when she's cutting up family life that is both universal and specific this is the bustling beautiful black family at the heart of young love which continues the story of characters from the oscar-winning short film hair love the six-minute movie released in 2019 and funded by a kickstarter campaign told the story of a black father taking on a fearsome challenge fixing his daughter's hair coaching no coached along by an online video the kicker uh, at the the films and the woman coaching in the video was Angela who was waiting for Zuri and Steven to pick her up from the hospital as Zuri hugs her 
Um, we see the treatments have taken Angela's hair away. Um, Young Love's creator, Matthew A. Cherry, also wrote and co-directed Hair Love, crafting both projects to celebrate and normalize Black hair and families. Black families, yes. In Young Love, we see moments when they are like any other family. Millennial plant parents, excuse me, parents struggling to balance work, home, and an unexpected health scare. But they are also steeped in Black culture with a mom who works in a Black hair salon and a kid who dreams of sporting the coolest fro, the coolest Afro puffs in town. The TV series also has a different storytelling style than the film, which relied a lot on creative imagery and striking visuals to tell its story. Young Love has slightly more sophisticated animation and a lot of more dialogue with a playful cleverness that centers the family in a caring community, even as they occasionally toss knowing wisecracks at each other. It's a simple yet entertaining and heartwarming formula. And at the time when so much TV is so cynical and depressing, it's a pleasure to sink into a series that is smart, culturally on point, and optimistic about the power of family to overcome all obstacles. So yes, you can check out you can check out the TV series um the TV series Young Love on um, Max. All right. Um, yes. So it is. Wait a second. Um, yes, it's on Max, actually. Yes. Um, like I said. Um, Um, okay. Yes, it's on Max. You can check it out. You can check it out for yourself. All right. So let's get into, so because it's Halloween, let's get into, um, Let's get into um, let's get into the best and horror, the best and the best and worst horror movies of Halloween. Um, this is gonna be from Scary or Stupid, so this is from Nornestar um, info. So let's get into it right here. So, um, start. As Halloween quickly approaches, let's take a look at some of the best and worst horror films of this year. So best is Talk to Me. This A24 film was directed by Danny um, Philippou and Michael Philippou in their directorial debut. The, f- the story follows a group of teenagers who are um, able to conjure and communicate with spirits using an embalmed hand until one of them becomes hooked and unleashes horrible supernatural forces sophie sophie wilde gave an incredible 
performance in this feature, um, especially in the scenes where her character Mia used as a vessel by the spirits. This movie by far has the most interesting and original pilot, no original plot, excuse me, on this list. However, be prepared for some common horror movie cliches and a cringy car scene featuring Sia's um, um, chandelier. And Evil Dead Rise is the fifth installment of Sam Raimi's Evil Dead franchise. Um, Directed by Lee Cronin, the movie follows a Los Angeles family battling for their lives against body-possessing demons um, released by an ancient book in their apartment complex after an earthquake. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. Damn, that's... Wow. Wow. That's... That's pretty that's pretty scary though, man. I ain't gonna I'm not gonna hold you. That has to be very scary to me. Um okay. All right, so yeah, that's scary right there, man. Okay, so as a fan of the trilogy, um, it was solid. It was a solid modern entry to the beloved classic film series um, with shaky camera angles and unique shots not seen in order in other movies this year. It pays homage to the original movies that makes you that takes you right back to the 1980s. Dead by Dawn. Ooh. Now, some people were saying that the Winnie the, Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey movie was, was the worst. So the British slasher went into production in May 2022 after the first Winnie the Pooh book went into public domain on January uh, 1st of the same year. After returning to 100, 100 Acre Woods after befriending a group of anthropomorphic creatures. Christopher Robbins and a group of young women are terrorized by Pooh and Piglet after they become bloodthirsty murderers. This movie would have been funnier and scarier if they used the cute Winnie the Pooh from the 2018 Christopher Robin movie instead of some grown man in a cheap fat suit. Uh, the worst part about this movie is that it does not it does not even have a proper ending after having to sit through almost 84 minutes of terrible dialogue and, <laughs> and special effects. I would have rather had an awful ending than some nonchalant roll of the credits. Slaughterhouse. Unlike 
the other films on this list, Slaughterhouse, directed by Matthew Goodhue, is a horror comedy. Emily Young is a senior in college that wants to be the president of her sorority. To gain popularity, she adopts a sloth named Alpha, and that is immediately loved by all until the sloth starts killing each sister one by one. Why does that remind me of Carrie? Why does that remind me of Carrie? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what really that's what really reminds me of. Oh man. The sloth in this movie looks like they used the old puppet, the old puppet of Gizmo from the Gremlins. <laughs> oh man. And made <laughs> oh shit. It made it ugly, and they overcompensated for this by making the characters in this movie constantly called the, an the animal cute. Alpha is poached by poached from a jungle, immediately caged, taken to an animal mill, and can somehow read posts on social media and drive. I am not joking. <laughs> the sloth uses a GPS and drives a car. There are some good moments, but they are overshadowed with all of the movie's glaring flaws. Um, There are still plenty of 2023 horror releases left uncovered, so stay safe on your movie-watching journey because there are a lot of bad ones out there. Yes. Yes, and um, I'm not even going to really... Um, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna get into. Um, and you know, one of the worst movies. Um, the other day I was watching a YouTube um video. Um, it was a guy from um. Um, Double Toasted podcast on YouTube, right? He was going him and his um and 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 the homie, right? They was going over um the friday no excuse me the five nights at freddy's movie and 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 i have to say man i have to say that you know they're right man this movie is not as good as the games even though it's number one in the box office and getting a sequel and all that other stuff. I get that. But at the same token, from what from what I hear, from what I hear is that um, you know, some people were saying that um that there wasn't any there wasn't there wasn't any suspense, there wasn't any um there wasn't any suspense, there wasn't any um it wasn't really scary. It was not that scary, to be honest with you, and I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna forget that um <laughs> he's one of the the guy what the guy said that it is a ripoff off of um Willie's Wonderland by Nicholas Cage by um <laughs> which is so wow which is so funny to me man I was like wow. It's it's so funny that he said that shit too, man. And I <laughs> and I and I and I'm not too sure, man. Like, you know, I'm I'm not too sure because 
you know, because as I was little growing up, I never even heard of this as a video game. I never heard of it. I mean, some people never heard of this video game, Five Nights at Freddy's. Like, what the hell, man? Like, really? Like, what the hell, man? And another thing I didn't really, 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 really understand is that, you know, some people were using the word lore. What the hell is a lore, man? What is that? What does the lore got to do with the damn fucking movie? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what does that to do with anything? Like, come on. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let's keep going, man. Let's keep going. Um, So we got the best and worst um horror movies okay so let's get into it right here um <laughs> oh my god let me tell you something man so okay so scream six yeah hang on a second so um yeah yeah so um so top 10 best horror movies of 2023 so far. So Scream 6, right? Um, in the next installment of the survivors of the ghost face killings, leave Woods Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City. Of course, um, Ghostface has arrived to the Big Apple, directed by Matt Bet Bettinelli. Um open. And Tyler Gillett, written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick, and with the original franchise writer and creator Kevin Williamson, excuse me, Kevin Williamson as executive executive producer. Screen Six is an American horror slasher film, being the sixth installment in the Scream franchise and a direct sequel of Scream 2022. Um, this is the second film in the franchise that is not directed by Wes Craven after he passed away in 2014. Um, before I keep going, man, um, I want to say I want to say this though, man. Okay, so the person um, from Blumhouse or whatever who said that um, it's like a love letter to the fans or whatever, but at the same time, at the same time though, like. You know, sometimes you, you sometimes it it's not always the it's not always the damn fucking case, man. It's just not, man. And 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 I would rather see Scream Six, the rated R horror movie, um, over Five Nights at Freddy's, man. Because if you really think if you really think about it, the Scream franchise has been more successful than Five Nights at Freddy's, to be honest with you, man. They've been around for years, just like the Saw franchise. Saw 10 recently came out and shit, and actually did do a lot of Scarathon, Scarathon too. So, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just I'm just like, yo, listen, man. <laughs> I'm not wasting my money on a piece of trash movie that I never even heard of. Sorry, man. That's just not happening. Um, and just because it's making money, that doesn't mean that it's a good script sometimes in some cases. So that's just me. That's just, that's just me. You know what I'm saying? 
And everybody has a right to their damn opinion. You can't expect every, you can't expect to agree. You can't expect somebody to agree with um with you or the or the fans out there, whatever. Um, because everybody has a different prerogative of what they like. You know what I'm saying? So that's just that's just how I feel about this, though, man. It's just trash, man. Five Nights at Freddy's is just trash. Even though it's number one in the box office, so fucking what? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, um, that's just that's just how I feel. That's just how I feel, though, man. You know what I'm saying? That's just how I feel, though, man. Like, you know what I mean? And you know, when I saw the trailer for Five Nights at Freddy's, I was like, "What the hell is this? What is this one scene?" I don't want to spoil it for any. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, though, man. But there's certain, you know, there's certain scenes in the movie that can really throw people off, though. You feel me? So I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, though, man. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. Not a lot of people's gonna like the same stuff, folks. So I'm just saying, though. Anyway, man, let me continue. A year after the events of Screen Twenty, Screen Five, actually, 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 Screen Five, <laughs> Screen Five of the survivors find themselves in New York, trying to move on and forget the ghost, forget about Ghostface. Unfortunately for them, the masked killer has followed their steps and hides in the crowds, waiting for the right moment to attack. None of the characters are safe, as the film reminds us that legacy characters can be killed too. Damn. Scream 6 has the best opening scene after Scream, the first Scream movie that happened in 1996 with Drew Barrymore, who now is a talk show host with her own talk show. It's, it's brutal, gory, has a mid-scene plot twist, and sets the tone for the rest of the film the the film continues the franchise consistently in black comedy and uh, satirizes satirizes the slasher subgenre and the trend of the film franchises the film of kirby reed and gail weathers first phone call with ghostface will please fans since both have been awaited for a long time. Of course, Jenna Ortega delivers once again a remarkable performance, and next to Melissa Barrera, both are set as future screen queens. And um, taking the story out of Woodsboro makes the film feel fresh and bringing it back to college resembles Screen 2, 1997. The writers took advantage of the new setting creating tense and creative chase scenes as an example in the subway scene Mindy, Mindy Attack and the convenience store both featured in the teasers and marketing material we have the most brutal and dangerous ghost face yet with a shocking reveal and plot twist fans will enjoy the latest installment in one of the best and most solid horror franchises in cinema history and by the way there is going to be a scream seven in the works um and i'm not sure of the 
of the release date. But um, if I get more information about Screen 7, then I'll actually give it to y'all on this New York Avenue podcast platform. All right. So, Evil Dead Rise. A twisted tale of two estranged sisters um, whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. And mommy's with the maggots now. Evil Dead Rise is a 2023 American supernatural horror film written and directed by Lee Gronin um, from The Hole in the Ground and produced by Robert Tappert. Tappert. Um, It is the fifth installment of the Evil Dead film franchise, originally set for a stream-only release on HBO Max. The film was switched to a theatrical release in August 2022, having its premiere at South by Southwest on March 15, 2023, and is scheduled to be released in theaters in the United States on April 21st by Warner Brothers Pictures. Feeling like a love letter to the franchise soaked in blood, Evil Dead Rise takes the best elements from the original trilogy and the 20. 2013 uh, remake to create another good entry in the franchise. Fun, groovy, intense, and gory are the best world, the best words to describe the film, the fifth film in the franchise that continues the legacy the way the best way possible, just like Scream 6 did. Evil Dead Rise changes the usual setting, taking us out from a cabin in the woods and trapping us in a apartment complex in the city until dawn. The entire um, cast delivers a good performance, but Alyssa Sutherland as Ellie is the best one of all. Switching between a loving mother and the host of a demon. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, Sutherland's performance will haunt you in your dreams. The marketing team did a good job hiding all the good parts of the film and the trailers, making the watching experience even better. Unfortunately, um, not everything is perfect since the ending can turn predictable. But taking this side, taking that side, taking that aside, Evil Dead Rise is the return to the big screen that the franchise and fans deserved and i'm sure that is one of the best horrors the best horror movies of 2023 all right um let's see all right i'm gonna i'm gonna actually um let me see i'm actually going to shit um, let me see. There is um let's see. <laughs> Can't believe this shit. So so um the five worst horror movies of twenty twenty three so far, of course. Um obviously we discussed Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Um Children of the Corn, damn. 
there's something wrong with the children and then unwelcomed and then the lair <laughs> damn son you might want to add you might want to add megan and um five nights of freddy's as the worst movies ever so you know what i'm saying so yeah anyways um let me see <laughs> oh shit all right so uh um so the best movie so best horror movie so far is renfield renfield there's um scream six there's uh talk to me there's uh there's um evil dead rise um yeah that's crazy though man but um now i don't i don't know why cocaine bear has been added but it's it's more of a comedy horror thing so i don't know if that really counts but <laughs> i don't know if that really counts though but um it's uh yeah <laughs> oh my gosh anyway man this is just um oh boy yeah so um yeah i yeah and um <laughs> yeah you could count code you could count cocaine bear the comedy horror the rated r movie as one of the best one of the best comedy horrors i guess in there too um now some of these movies i never heard of before some of these movies i never heard of before which is clock and infinity pool um and sick i never heard of and skin na marit Oh gosh. Anyway, man. All right, let's go on to let's go on to some more some more stuff. Uh let's see. Let's see. Um let's see. There's gotta be some more stuff. Okay, so of course it's 2023 when the when Detective Shahara Hassan, um, um, played by Amaka Akafor, finds a dead body in London's um, Long Harvest Lane. The corpse <laughs> is an unidentified naked man with a gouged eye, gouged out eye, and a curious tattoo. Detective Alfred um, Hillinghead, <laughs> played by Kyle Soller, finds the, the same body in the same spot in 1890. Oh, shit. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. So does Detective Charles Whiteman, um, <laughs> um, played by Jacob Fortune Lloyd in 1941, and Detective um, Iris Maplewood, oh, um, played by Shira Haas in 2053. They eventually learned that their John Doe's death is caused by someone traveling backward in time. But why? I love, but why? Um, 
I love to drop a spoiler about this bridge crime thriller right here, but I won't because I still don't fully understand what's happening in the story. That's based on the DC vertical graphic novel of the same name, but that hasn't stopped me from immersing myself in its unnerving and ominous world. But expect gruesome autopsy scenes um, from various time periods because bone snapping gore never goes out of fashion. So Living for the Dead, of course, is a start. It's on Hulu. Um, we have 30 Coins Season 2 on Max. Um, and American Horror Story Season 3 on FX and on Hulu. And um, Escaping Twin Flames on Netflix, of course. You know what? Hold on. You know what? You know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me do this. Let me do this, though. Now, I'm just going to scroll through the names, actually. I'm sorry. I'm just going to scroll through the names. I'm just gonna scroll through the names actually. Forget. Um let me see. Where the hell did I where the hell did I um oh boy? Oh, okay. This is what I missed. Okay, so you have the fall of the horror, no, the fall of the house of Usher, um, which is on Netflix. Um the Shining Veil season two on stars. The entitled no, the Enfield Poltergeist, Apple TV, Devil on Trial on Netflix, Bodies on Netflix. Um, I already mentioned Living Living for the Dead, 30 Coins, um, American Horror Story season three, Escaping Twin Flames. Um, which premieres November 8th on Netflix. Um, yeah. Okay, so maybe this three-part documentary drops after Halloween, but a good, a good, um, a good story is Evergreen. This series from director Cecilia Peck goes be behind the scenes of a controversial dating site that attracts an online community of mostly single women by guaranteeing it will help them find and keep their true soulmate, aka their twin flame. The site is run by the husband and wife team Jeff and Shayla, Shalia um, Agin. And the series features the first-hand accounts of women who allege abusive indoctrination methods, encouragement to stalk their desired flame, and manipulative tactics, tactic, tactics, excuse me, um, that made them doubt their very gender and sexual identities. The Twin Flame universe is actively recruiting new members, so here's a chance to witness the horror without paying thousands of dollars in class fees to the aliens. Oh boy! So bonus watching suspenseful, suspenseful, suspenseful series and Hammer films. 
Oof. So, um, yeah. So, um, in case you missed the September releases, the 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 Changeling, Apple TV, the the other black girl who spent the the unfortunate realities of postpartum depression and racism in the workplace, respectfully, respectively, into suspenseful tales of gaslighting terror. Oh boy. Um, <clears throat> and if you are in the mood for a movie instead, try streaming at least one classic hammer horror film before hand handing candy out on the 31st Dracula AD 1972. The Mummy and the Devil Rise Out are just a few of the gothic, often groovy gems. Um, that were made by the British Hammer production um, house throughout the 50s, 60s, and 70s. You'll find them on Max, Amazon Prime, and lots of other platforms where um, Anglophiles appreciate the sinister charisma of Christopher Lee and the the gentlemanly ghoulishness of peter cushing <clears throat> okay so there you have it right there man there you have it right there um from the la times of course um all right let's see let's see um Let's see. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So according to Variety, as Halloween creeps towards us, networks and streamers are launching their spooky programming to scare you. From new movies like the upcoming video game adaptation, um, which I don't really care for, which is Five Nights at Freddy's to new reality series like the Kristen Stewart narrated gay ghost hunting show Living for the Dead. There's something for every ghost and ghoul. A really haunted loud house on Nickelodeon, which came out September 28th. Based on the Loud House franchise, the, the new movie, this new movie, new movie follows Lincoln Loud, who, with the help of his sister's uh and best friend Clyde must save Halloween when um the loud house is is attacked by new kid Xander and his followers. Um of course Strawberry Shortcake and the Beast of Berry Bog. Um not sure why this is made. Um not sure why this is made. Um, this animated family special follows Strawberry and her friends as they overcome their fears and to try to save their the con the carnival from the beast of Berry Bog. Make me scream. Um, Prime Video. Um, in this Halloween special hosted by Tempest Bledsoe and Daryl M. Bell, three celebrity teams, um, led by Jalil White. Shanika Shandai and Lil Zan will compete against each other 
as they try to not scream <laughs> while the series while facing a series of bone chilling scare zones. Um, yeah, Chucky. Um, based on the movie um, on Sci-Fi and U.S. Network, um, built as an extension of its preceding Child's Play film series. The third season of Don Messini's Chucky will see the infamous doll return to the White House in October. Monster High 2 on Paramount Plus, uh, the popular toy line is brought to brought to the screen once again in this in this sequel to the live action musical film pet cemetery um <laughs> bloodlines on paramount plus based on a never before told chapter from stephen king stephen king's pet cemetery um this horror film serves as a prequel to the 2019 film that adapted from the same novel um the great halloween fright fight season premiere um on ab already happened on abc um from the creators of the great christmas light fight the series follows four families building eye-popping home halloween displays as they compete to win fifty thousand dollars and the fright fight trophy wow uh the season premiere will feature the brit um, Donahue McCobb and Herman families facing off for Judge Carter um, Oosterhouse Osterhouse. Um, the episode will air at 10 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Um, the Fall of the House of Usher, this new Netflix original takes Edgar Allan Poe's 1839 poem of the same name and turns it into a Mike Flanagan special starring Bruce Greenwood. Um, the horror comedy series is based on R.L. Stein's Haunting Books series and stars Justin Long, Anna Yee Puig, and Miles McKenna. The Shining, Shining Veil Season 2 is on stars Courtney Cox's uh, Pat Cheek Pat checks out of the psychiatric hospital after almost killing her family, only to find that her imagined alter ego, played by Mira Sorvino, has returned in human form as her family's new look-alike neighbor, Ruth. <sighs> John Carpenter's Suburban Screams on Peacock, John Carpenter's latest unscripted horror series recounts the dark, often hidden stories of real-life people living in the seemingly perfect suburbs. Um, Living for the Dead is on Hulu. Um, the Kristen Stewart narrated reality series Living for the Dead follows five queer ghost hunters visiting haunted locations throughout the country aiming to help the living by healing the deceased. Wolf Like Me, season two on Peacock. Mary, um, played by um, Isla Fisher. Gary, played by Josh Gag. Grapple with one big question this season. Will their baby turn out to be a human or a wolf? Shape Island Halloween special. 
um, already on Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus, um, the stop motion kids and family series Shape Island will release a Halloween special, um, Creepy Cave Crawl, in which Circle and Square are pranked by Triangle and and then celebrate the holiday on their own with all treats and no tricks. The series is based on the Shapes picture books written by Mac Barnett and illustrated by John Classen. American Horror Stories on Hulu right now. Um, the anthology series spinoff of American Horror Story features a new sinister plot every episode. In a special Huluween event, the first four installments of season three will drop on. It really happened. It really dropped on October twenty sixth um, already. Um, in case you didn't see it, you can go watch it on Hulu right now. Um, former Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Lisa Renner will star in an episode called Tapeworm. You can watch the trailer on YouTube as well. The Enfield Poltergeist on Apple TV. The four-part docuseries will dive deeper into the 1977 story of a family in Enfield, London, who was haunted by a poltergeist with real recordings in sight from a paranormal investigator and interviews of those affected by the events. Um, DreamWorks' Curses um, on Apple TV. Um, this animated kids comedy adventure series from DreamWorks Animation follows on follows a family who must restore artifacts stolen by their ancestors to their original homes in order to lift a generational curse impacting the family's patriarch who has been turned to stone. Um, the Great Halloween Fright Fight finale, October 29th, already happened, which was yesterday. The finale follows, follows the gentry, Hulk, Matteo, DiMatteo, and Aurora St. Pierre families competing for their shot at the grand prize in front of Judge Tania Nayak. The episode will air at 10 to 11 p.m. Eastern. The Boulay Brothers Dr Dragula Shudder, which it which is on Shudder, um, which is out today, actually. Legendary drag duel, the Boulay Brothers haunting drag competition. Dragula will make its return for season five on the most spooky day of the year, Halloween. All right, so. <clears throat> All right, so there you go right there. You can check those out right there. Um, You can check those out right there. Um, Let's see. Let's see. All right, now that we're done with the with the best and worst um Halloween TV and movies and stuff. Um let's see. Let's start with the worst Halloween costumes you should not wear. 23 
Oh, man. And this is from BuzzFeed.com, folks. Um, let's get into it right here. Um, let me see how much time we got here. All right. Um, <clears throat> um of course. Yes. Yeah, so here it is. So, so here it is. Uh, a second here. All right. So we have. So let's get into it right here. So, uh, Halloween's a fun time to dress up as whoever and whatever you want within reason that is um you got a whole world of costumes out there there to sport just please avoid the ones below okay i'm begging you <laughs> starting with number one resist the urge to go as robert oppenheimer yes cecilian murphy looked great in an in his 1940s style suit in Oppenheimer, but the real Oppenheimer's creation of the atom bomb killed tens of thousands. <laughs> Number two, please don't go as the queen. No matter how you feel about her, it's too soon. Number three, don't go as COVID. Just don't. I don't think I should, I should have to say this. What the hell? Why in the hell? Why? Why would you go as? Why would you go as a damn disease? Really? <laughs> That's so fucking crazy, man. Like, really? <laughs> oh shit! Come on, man. You can wear a better costume than that, man. Like, seriously, <laughs> that that right there is a no no right there for me. That's a no for me. That's a no for me right there, man. Like, really? Okay, now this costume right here is is three times worse than the avocado toast. <laughs> it's three times worse than the avocado toast, man. <laughs> it's three times worse, man. Um, number four, let's not go as the vaccine either. Okay, that's terrible too. Number five. Look, I get the urge to go as an anti-vaxxer. I really do. They are scary. Maybe, but maybe don't joke about things that have caused death. 
Uh, okay, that's the worst one, too. Number six, and especially don't go as an anti-vaxxer with a dead child. I can't believe I just had to type that. Oh, gosh. Number seven, please don't go as anything related to monkeypox either. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Number eight, or as any kind of plague doctor. Oh, gosh. Number eight. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. This goes for all years, but I have to mention it because somehow it's still happening. Please don't go as a race. Like, please don't go as a racist caricature caricature of a Mexican person. Oh, boy. And number 10. And do not, under any circumstances, wear a Native American headdress. Ridiculous. Number 11, this should go without saying, but you should probably stay away from going as a character outside of your race. And if you do, do not try to change your skin color with makeup. Oh, gosh. Haven't we heard this shit, shit before with Rachel Dolezal? <laughs> right, really? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Number 12. After all that's come out about Playboy this year, I stay away from going as a Playboy bunny, especially if you are doing a group costume as Holly, Bridget, and Kendra. Oh, ridiculous. Please don't go as anything related to the Will Smith Oscar slap. Oh, my. Really? Really? Really, though? Really, though? That's, <laughs> that's crazy, man. Um, Number 14. And do not, I repeat, do not go as Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. <laughs> yeah, because of the court thing. <laughs> and Johnny Depp won that shit, too. And and number 15, don't go as anything related to Roe versus Wade or abortion. Okay, that one was serious very, very much. And I didn't I didn't do that topic though, man, because I'm not a woman, so I can't really I can't really, you know, discuss that anyway. So let's keep going. Number 16, and don't wear a handmaid's tail costume. That hits a little too close to home right now. What the hell? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh shit. Number 17, stay away from politicians like Ted Cruz and Mitch McConnell, even if you are making fun of them. Yeah, I don't know about all that, but the memes is not going to stop anyway. Number 18, and I do not Number 18, and I do not, under any circumstances, want to see Donald Trump this year. We all don't want to see his ass, man, okay? No. No. <laughs> no, man. That's a no for me. The hell is going... The hell is this, man? That's a no for me.
Yeah. Okay, number 19, or Putin, for that matter. Oh, wow. Piggyback Putin costume. Oh, hell nah. Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I would not even go for the co I would not even go for the Putin costume, man. If I was the person, I'd just run for the damn hills. Yeah, that part too. Oh my gosh, Red. <laughs> oh man, listen. Number 20, stay away from police, to be honest. <laughs> oh man. Um, and number 21, and definitely stay away from a SWAT team. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. Number 22, don't go as anything with the word slave in the name. This includes off-brand I Dream of Genie costumes. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's that's messed. That's really fucked up right there. <laughs> oh, man. And lastly, um, number 23, don't go as any kind of sexualized children's costume like a sexy minion. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. Um, no, there's more. I'm sorry. There's more. Um, I'm sorry. There's more. Uh, the last one is um number 24. And finally, can we finally retire the sexy schoolgirl outfit? Like, please. You know, I don't know, man. I don't know if I would really, I don't know if I would really consider that the worst Halloween costume, but there's a few. There's a few. And I already mentioned the, I already mentioned the avocado toast costume, which is the worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, that part. <laughs> oh shit. And um we got more. We got more. We got more. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, we got more um best and worst costumes. So I'm gonna actually <laughs> Hold up a second. And this is from Daily Mail. Um, all right, so 
The celebrity world loves a good Halloween dress-up, and even though the official holiday isn't until Tuesday, which is today, uh, the star-studded bashes the co- and costume snaps on Instagram kicked off this weekend, and the likes of Vast J. Morgan and Kendall Jenner have been hosting lavish parties, inviting all their famous friends while other have shown showed off looks on socials and this year the costumes have been just as wild as ever with the stars taking inspiration from their favorite characters while some appear to have only made minimal effort okay so here is yeah so here's so starting with the best dressed um by courtney kardashian um basically basically um basically um scene double the push founder um age 44 left um showed off her baby bump in the same skin tight flora ricardo tisky tissy that kim age 43 wore to the 2013 Met Gala while heavily pregnant. Oh wow! Okay, so Courtney Courtney Kardashian kicked off Halloween weekend by revealing her epic Halloween costume that involved transforming into her sister Kim. The Poosh founder, age 44, showed off her baby bump in the same skin tight floor Ricardo um, Tissy that Kim. H43 famously wore to the 2013 Met Gala while heavily pregnant with her daughter, Northwest, now 10. The Skim CEO look was absolutely savage online, with many ruthlessly comparing her to grandma-worthy couch <laughs> as, as well as Robin Williams' character from the film Mrs. Doubtfire. In her photos, Shared Friday, Courtney looked nearly identical to Kim as she slipped into the controversial dress and the matching heels. Cute, matching heels. Kim wore. Excuse me. Freaky Friday captioned Courtney in reference to the film of the same name that follows a mother and daughter who switch bodies after accidentally conjuring a spell. Paris Hilton, um, paid tribute to her close. F- friend Britney Spears on Friday night as she dressed up as the pop icon for the Casamigos Halloween party in Los Angeles. The social light age 42 transformed and the seductive flight attendant Britney um, age 41 played in the music video for her chart topping hit toxic back in 2003. She rocked the sexy teal Pan Am outfit that consists of a short cap sleeve dress and a matching flight attendant hat. Paris uh, styled her um, bright blonde hair in the same long ponytail Brittany wore and strolled the party's entrance in heeled boots that matched her purse. She was joined by her hunky husband, Carter um, Reum, who was dressed as a pilot. Okay, Kate Beck, Kate Beckinsale looked out of this, looked out of this world on Saturday evening. 
as she reincarnated one of American cinema's most alluring science fiction characters. The actress uh, revived um, Barbara, Barbarella, the bosom, the bosom space traveler made famous by Jane Fonda in the iconic 1968 film of the same name, directed by Roger Vadim. Um, dressed in the character's famous black fitted sheer jumpsuit, jumpsuit, and carrying her very own ray gun. Kate, age 50, um, ensured she caught the eye while attending Vast J. Morgan and Michael Braun's star studded Halloween party in Los Angeles. In keeping with Barbarella's um, big screen crash landing on a far away planet the actress embellished her outfit with large rips and smears of fake blood ahead of her appearance at the event she completed the look with a pair of metallic silver platform boots that conjured images of david bowie's ziggy stardust while heavy makeup and a tussle blonde wig rounded things off Haley Bieber um yes uh Wilma Flintstone never looked so good as she partied the night away with heavily tattooed husband Fred in Los Angeles on Saturday evening the animated cartoon characters were brought back to life by Haley and Justin Bieber during an appearance at British blogger Vast J Morgan and Michael Braun's annual Halloween party, where they were joined by an array of stars. Opting for a skin-tight PVC interpretation of prehistoric housewife Wilma's iconic wardrobe, Haley, age 26, drew attention to her slender physique as she made her way inside the exclusive West Hollywood event. She added to the look with a distinctive red bobbed wig while a diamond encrusted necklace featuring the single letter letter b um appeared to be her only notable accessory demi lovato uh for her costume demi age 31 showed up as a glamorous busty snow white <laughs> uh with a plunging neckline and and carrying a red apple clutch purse the star in attendance alongside a host of other stars at vast j morgan's um morgan's la bash um los angeles bash actually la bash yeah the songstress curled the ends of her raven black bob in and wore a large bow headband on her head which matched her bald red lipstick the heart attack hit maker put on a sultry rendition of the classic disney princess outfit as she strutted into the into the party in white platform mary jane heels now we go to the worst dressed <laughs> justin bieber oh wow <laughs> At the other end of the spectrum, we have pop star Justin, who made minimum minimal effort with his Flintstone outfit um, as he stepped outside 
He stepped out beside his wife, Haley, on Saturday night. He simply opted for a shirtless look with shorts and a cap in order to transform into the character. The event concluded a weekend of Halloween parties for Justin, who made an appearance at Cindy Crawford and Randy Gerber's Casamigos party the previous evening. On that occasion, Justin took an unorthodox approach by dressing as a scrubs diving mask, snorkel, and flippers with a pink Hawaiian shirt and shorts. How ridiculous can that be? <laughs> and we go on to um the damn Channing Tatum. Okay. On a night dedicated to glamorous ghouls, uh, Channing Tatum and girlfriend Zoe Kravitz were among the celebrities who slightly missed the mark as they attended Kendall Jenner's Halloween bash on Saturday night. Kravitz, age 34, arrived at Mia Farrow's titular character in Roman Polanski's iconic 1968 classic Rosemary, Rosemary's Baby, complete with her legendary vital Sassoon haircut. Dressed in Rosemary's ghostly white nightdress and clutching a large, presumably fake kitchen knife, the American star inevitably um, caught the eye ahead of Jenna's um, celebratory event. Joining his girlfriend of two years, Tatum, age 43, also thought outside the box by dressing as Rosemary's devilish baby son in a garish blue romper suit and white baby's bonnet complete with vibrant yellow trim. Catherine Ryan, don't know who she is, but um, Catherine Ryan, Catherine Ryan um, transformed into a giant um, Watsit as she got into the Halloween spirit on Friday. <laughs> the comedian, um, age 40, strutted out of her hotel in London, paying tribute to her favorite cheesy snack as she flashed a smile. Wearing a bright orange furry suit, she added a pair of matching stockings and <laughs> even carried a Walker's giant Watsit handbag. Catherine was help down the stairs no excuse me help down the steps outside before squeezing herself into a taxi <laughs> leaving the driver looking rather baffled she certainly made sure to turn some heads in the quirky costume while celebrating the holiday in her typical hilarious fashion oh boy <laughs> oh shit Oh man, that's crazy. That's crazy and funny, man. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let me see. Oh Lord. Um, let me see. And <laughs> that was hilarious though, man. But um wow. Wow. Um <laughs> okay, so, um, let's see, let's see, um, 
wait a minute here. Um, let's see. Um, so let me see. Let me get to, um, let me see. Yes. Let me get to the drink, the Halloween drinks. I forgot about that. I'm sorry about that. Um, um, that before I get to that, I know there's more, um, Halloween costumes that I need to go over actually. So I'm going to go to people right now. So of course, obviously, <laughs> oh man. So it's like, what, what is it? So, um, Drew Barrymore, number one, actually, um, ahead of the Drew Barrymore show's Halloween episode, people got a first look at the actress turned talk show host, host's costume for the big day, sporting his sick, sporting his signature afro and beard. Um, Barrymore transformed into the joy, the joy of painting host Bob Ross. <laughs> Ice Spice, um. Dressed up as cartoon icon Betty Boop for her iHeart Powerhouse 105.1 performance on Halloween weekend. Wow. Yeah, we just we just discussed um, the Halloween costumes between um, Justin and Haley Bieber. So Bieber had the worst costume. Um, Haley has the best. So yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyway, um <laughs> yeah, we just talked about Justin Bieber already, so I'm not gonna do it again. So this is crazy, man. This is some crazy ass shit though. Um this is crazy. Uh I already talked about Demi Lovato and the Snow White character already. Um Camilla Mendez and Rudy um men Cuso. Um, so Camila Mendez got all dialed up in, in a sparkly Catwoman suit inspired by Julie Newmar's portrayal of the feline heroine. The Riverdale star was uh, accompanied by her boyfriend, Ruby Mancuso, who rocked a leather jacket. Um, I already talked about Paris Hilton. Um, um, Kelly Sawyer, Patrick Hoff, and Jessica Alba. Um, no, that's number eight. Jeez Louise, man. All right, so Jessica Alba also channeled Britney Spears' toxic wardrobe at the Casamigos party. The Honey Star boldly replicated the nude, sparkly bodysuit Spears wore in her music video she completed the the look with a bright blonde wig silver stilettos and natural makeup alba's pal kelly sawyer um petrikoff also tapped spears video style wearing the classic schoolgirl look for from her video baby one more time number nine halsey um in their sheer rutched skirt and white bikini top halsey looked like an ethereal siren straight from the sea <laughs> oh shit 
Kendall Jenner, number 10. This year, uh, the 18, the 818 Tequila founder masqueraded as Marilyn uh, Monroe um, in a blonde wig, a simple black turtleneck, and <laughs> oh man, in a white pants. Jenner's outfit was seemingly modeled after the Hollywood bombshells iconic nineteen fifty six nineteen fifty three Life magazine photo shoot. The model gave her Instagram followers a look at the costume. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Jenner captioned a carousel of solo shots. Monroe's legendary serenade of President John F. Kennedy. Oh gosh. I already talked about Channing Tatum and Zoe Kravitz. I already talked about that. Um, yeah, I already talked about that though. Um, Billie Eilish, number twelve, the happier than ever singer, wrangled up a cowgirl costume for Kendall Jenner's Halloween party held at the Chateau Marmont. Eilish dressed in her wild western best, where wearing a a gigam top, a cowboy hat, and a bald belt buckle. She even carried a full shotgun and belt and gun belt for extra fun. At an event, Eilish posed with her friend um, Devon Lee Carlson, with whom she has a lot no has a common ex in Jesse Rutherford. Last year when she when the singer was still dating Rutherford, they poked fun at their age gap by dressing as a baby and an old man for Halloween. <laughs> oh, shit. Natalia Bryant, number 13. The late Kobe Bryant's eldest daughter, Natalia, was graceful in a white ballerina costume that looked straight out of Black Swan. She wore the tutu and headpiece to Kendall Jenner's West Hollywood brush. And number 14, um, Charlie D. Emilio and Landon Barker um leaned into their romance as Romeo and Juliet from Bass Larman's 1996 film. The TikTok sensation wore angel wings. While her boyfriend was a true knight in shining on shining armor. Number 15, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. On Friday, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox made a haunting appearance in Beverly Hills for the Casa Migos Halloween party. The pair dressed up as characters from Quentin Tarantino's 2003 classic Kill Bill Volume 1, the Transformers star. Don a schoolgirl assemble and black wig to be fictional assassin Gogo Yubari and the rocker wore a yellow jumpsuit like Uma Thurman's character in the film. Patrick Schwarzenegger, number 16, brought the bling to Chateau Marmont as Elvis Presley. He rocked the bedazzled eagle on his white suit. Number 17, Kelly Ripper and Mark Consuelos. Uh, the live with Kelly and Mark co-hosts wore adorable, no elaborate face paint and festive clothes for their matching dear the Martos costumes at Bet Midler's annual Halloween gala. Ripper wore a 
rosy headpiece above her blonde locks, which she braided with ribbons with her husband suited up in a gold embellished blazer. Number 18, Chloe Bailey goes as Catwoman. The singer looked sleek as ever at Bet Betty Midler's Halloween event, where she wore a body-hugging latex Catwoman suit. Um, Bailey shared um, shared some close-up looks at her superhero style on Instagram, writing, I'm dangerous, baby. Number 19, Padma lacks lack um Lakshmi, excuse me. Padma Lakshmi. Here we go. Um, the former Top Chef host perfectly fit this year's Halloween theme. Once upon a once upon a Halloween, scary tales and deadline stories. Um Lakshmi. Um, Lakshmi's costume simultaneously captured Little Red Riding Hood's crimson cape style and that of the Big Bad Wolf with fuzzy ears and face makeup. Number 20, Aquafina. Um, Lakshmi's um, mini-me um, Krishna came along as well wearing a goth style um, um um, gingham setup. The mother-daughter duo was joined by Aquafina, who turned up in a flame-patterned t-shirt and sunglasses as Guy Fieri. <laughs> well, number twenty-one, Dylan Mul—excuse Mul Mul me, Dylan Mulvaney. Wow. Um. The viral TikTok star wore a crop version of Snow White's classic gown. Mulvaney swapped the drapping skirt for a mini tutu and replaced the Disney princess cap sleeves with spaghetti straps. Um, number 22, um, Chris Schell, Stasi, Emma Herman, and Chelsea Lascani. Um... The Selling Sunset stars don some sultry NSFW looks at the annual Casamigos costume event. The realtors each wore a set of lingerie and carried a sign in reference to the infamous game that inspired their costume trio. Um, 23, Cindy Crawford and Randy Gerber. Um <clears throat> Um, for Randy Gerber and Cindy Crawford's annual Casamigos Halloween party in Beverly Hills, the power couple dressed as Danny Zuko and Sandy Olsen from the 1978 iconic film Grease. Hang on a sec. All right. Um, all right. So, hold on a second. Hold on one second. What did I miss? All right. So Austin Butler and and Kaya Gerber, um, the superstar um, couple showed up for Gerber's parents' Casamigos party, dressed as '60s icons Andy Warhol and Edie Sedgwick. 
The pair both opted for wigs to pull off Warhol and Cedric's signature looks with Butler wearing a black leather jacket atop his black turtleneck and Gerber in a seemingly full fur jacket. 25 Jody Turner Smith and Nancy Gomez. Um, as another guest at the star studded costume Eagles party, Jody Turner Smith dressed as schoolgirl school complete with braided pigtails, a black and white play plaid um, skirt and a crop blazer. Turner Smith posed alongside with Nancy Gomez, who was dressed as a nun splattered with splattered in blood. Number 26, Jenna Dewan and Steve um, Kazi um, took a page from one of Tim Burton's classic films for their look this year. The couple dressed up as Edward Scissorhands and Kim from the 1990 flick. Number 27, Victoria Justice is another star who chose to portray a legendary entertainer with her Halloween look this year. The Victorious alumna opted for a look inspired by Cher's Turn Back Time music video, she noted on Instagram. The assemble included a curly wig, sailor's hat, and a leather jacket. Number eight, number 28, Kelsey Bellarini. Uh, while stepping into hostess mode at a Halloween bash with the original donut shop in New York City, Kelsey Bellarini rocked a hat, no, rocked a hot pink cowgirl Barbie costume inspired by Margot Robbie's look in the, the film. Kourtney Kardashian, I just talked about her already. Um, with the, I already talked about that already. Um, um, when searching, when searching for a baby bump-friendly Halloween costume this year, Kourtney Kardashian looked no further than her own family. The Let Me Founder, who is expecting her fourth child, stepped into sister Kim Kardashian's 2013 Met Gala look, which she wore while pregnant with Northwest. Courtney shared a series of photos on, to Instagram wearing the full-length floral gown with her hair and makeup style to emulate her little sisters along with the caption Freaky Friday. Kiki Palmer, number 30. For Kiki Palmer's first Halloween as a mom, it's no surprise she incorporated eight-month-old um, Leo this Leo um, Andrelton in her look. In photos shared on Instagram, the Big Boss star is seen dressed as the Bride of Frankenstein, while her son stands over her dressed as scientist Henry Frankenstein. He gave me life, she wrote in the caption, referencing the roles from the classic monster movie. <sighs> Northwest, number 31. Um... Kim Kardashian and Kanye West's eldest daughter, Northwest, pulled inspiration from her dad when choosing her Halloween costume this year. In videos shared to TikTok account, the 10-year-old shares with her mom, North is seen dressed as Kanye's dropout bear mascot, wearing the exact costume seen on the cover of the rapper's 2007 grad 
album graduation. Number 32, Sarah Highland and Wells Adams. At the Casamigos party, Sarah Highland and Wells Adams posed for a fun photo um, with the Bachelorette alum sporting a Boston hockey jersey while the modern family actress wore a blonde wig and sweater vest. Number 33, Kim Petras. While taking the stage during her feed, the Beast tour on October 29th, Kim Petras slipped into a pink costume headpiece included to get into the holiday spirit. Number 34, Renee Rapp. Um, Renee Rapp, who has an upcoming performance on Halloween in Brooklyn, which happened already, dressed as Pamela Anderson this year, pulling inspiration from Anderson's 1999 VMA look. Number 35, Zoe Lister, Zoe Lister Jonas, no, Zoe Lister Jones and Florence Poole. Um, in this silly selfie shared to Zoe Lister Jones' Insta story, Instagram story, the actress is seen dressed as Rooster alongside Florence Poole, who had transformed into Guy Fieri. Um, number 36, the ladies of Riverdale. Um, Riverdale's Camilla Mendez, Madeline um, Petch, and Lily Reinhardt had a triple date at Vast J. Morgan and Michael Braun's Halloween party with boyfriends Rudy Mancuso, Jack Martin, and Anthony Lee. Madison Beer <laughs> uh, stopped by David Dobrik's Halloween party in L.A. on October 27th wearing this corset top paired with a headband and mittens. And last but not least, Megan Thee Stallion um, went whimsical this year dressing as one of the flowers from Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Actually, yeah, Alice in Wonderland. Um, Hottie Ween, Tim Burton theme. The rapper captioned a series of photos shared to Instagram, which showed her in a pink flower headpiece and green jumpsuit. And Edward Norton, number 39, Edward Norton and Shauna Robertson. Um, Edward Norton and his wife, Shauna Robertson, channeled Victoria and David Beckham for the Casamigos party. The Asteroid City star wore a red Manchester United jersey and a sleeve of tattoos, um, while Robertson sported a little black dress and a black wig style into a bob. Okay, um... Okay, let me get to all right. So let's see. Oh, um, I already talked about the Halloween shit already. Okay, so let me start off with um, let's start off with the Halloween drinks though. Um, Halloween drinks, actually. This is um, one of those things I want to actually get through um, real quick. This is one of the drinks, actually, oh, excuse me, that's not that's not what I was looking for. This is one of the drinks that I saw recently on an extra TV episode on Fox. Um, so this is um, 
this is pertaining to the Halloween drinks. Um, there's nothing. Um, well, yeah. So let's get into a little thing. Munchies and drinks, man. The Halloween edition. All right. So let's get into it right here. Um, hang on a second here. Hang on one second. Um, yes, let's get into it right here. <sighs> oh. Sorry about that. Um, okay, so here it is. So we got some Halloween drinks to go over. Um, get some Halloween drinks to go over. I do apologize for the three-hour um, recording, but we just got some stuff to cover. So most recently, I there was a there was a um, most recently as I'm watching extra on Fox Five, there's this drink that I never even heard of before, but. Um, and this is from their website, Extra TV, actually. So, um, all right. So we're only days from Halloween, which is today. And the Casamigos party is the hottest one in all of Hollywood. Uh, of course, Extra's Billy Bush spoke with Casamigos Global Director Rachel Zalis, who shared her recipe for a full-blood orange spiderita, which is the perfect cocktail for Halloween. So it's basically a cocktail drink, folks. That's pretty much what that is. So for the cocktail, um, you'll need one ounce of blood orange juice, one ounce of fresh lime, five ounces of simple syrup, and two ounces of Casamigos Reposado tequila. And then add two jalapeno slices and shake. Then add some ice and voila. Wow. That's how you do it. That's how you make it. All right. That's the full blood orange spiderita. All right. Now we get to go over some drinks, some Halloween drinks. Yes. So. All right. So we have some Halloween drinks to go over. Um, I'm just so, so let's get into the Cosmopolitan website. So, this is just uh, all right. So, so we got drinks from one through 50. So, this is the Corpse Reviver cocktail. Um, actually, I'm not gonna actually, actually, I'm not gonna read all this. So I'm just going to list all the drinks. So 
Corpse number one, Corpse Re Reviver cocktail. Um, Mr. Black Espresso Martini, number two. Number three, Green Buffalo. Um, number four, Spiced Duppy Apple. Number five, Bucket of Blood. Number six, Spiced Pumpkin Cocktail. Number seven, Betty Buzz Graveyard Smash. <laughs> Damn. Um, number eight, Apple Fizz. Number nine, the zombie. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the blood moon. <laughs> okay. Um, number 11, Pandy Muratos. Number 12, pumpkin spiced spirits. Number 13, pumpkin spice sour. Number 14, pumpkin spice DB. O V and tonic. Number 15, Samp Sapling Spirits Vampire Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> uh, Paloma uh, Roja. Number 17. Um pump pump gin spice cocktail. Number 18. The blood curdling martini. Ooh. Okay. Um, number nineteen, the dark and spooky. Ooh. <laughs> Pretty interesting Halloween drink. Um, number twenty, the midnight mes mescal hot chocolate. Number 21, Black Lemon's Widow. <laughs> wow. Number 22, Zombie. <laughs> Creepy Collins, number 23. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, Beef Eater. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Number 24, Lucifer's Margarita. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Number 25, the Boo... The Boo Lini. <laughs> um, number 26, Pumpkin Spice Vermouth Sour. Number 27, Le Treat. Number 28, The Haunted Apple. <laughs> um... The Moonlight Buck, number 29. Number 30, Patreon Margarita. Margarita. Uh, number 31, the Ofrenda. Number 32, Sweet Corn Old Fashioned. Number 33, Gooseberry Halloween Punch. Number 34, the, the Bramble Bite. <laughs> number 35, Caramel Apple Martini. Number 36, Vampire's Kiss Martini. Number 37, The Bloody Rob Roy. <laughs> Man. Number 38, Dead of the Dead Cocktail. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. Number 39. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Buried, 
bury the hatchet. <laughs> um, number 40, the Kraken's Revenge. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> number 41, Onyx Martini. Um, in a martini glass, stir together six parts um, crystal head, onyx, vodka, and one part teal peppy um, before garnishing with grapefruit zest and two frozen grapes. Number 42, Mama Lay um, Corpse Reviver number two. Number 43, Dark Fruit and Basil Mojito. Number 44, Lady in, Lady in Black. <laughs> Number 45, Dr. Jekyll. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. Number 46. <laughs> oh, man. The Bad Blood Mojito. <laughs> oh, Number 47, La Pore Gingerbread Martini. <laughs> oh, man. Number 48, Viper Reviver. <laughs> oh, man. Um, number 49, Ectoplasm Grimlet. And, of course, number 50, Pumpkin Punch. Oh, man. Okay. <sighs> wow. I'm sorry. All right. Um. <laughs> oh, man. So this is um all right so okay so the 50 Halloween candies that matter rank from worst to best so this all right so let's go over this thing man okay so all right man Hold on a minute here. Hold on one second. Um, wait a minute here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That ain't that ain't what I'm looking for. Okay. That ain't what I'm looking. Okay. Hold on. Um, oh boy. Hmm. Man, um, okay, wait a minute here. All right, um, so, yeah, so let me find, let me find some stuff that's, uh, let me find some stuff that's like, um, if I could find. Um, okay, so we're going to get into, 
Hang on a second here. Let me make sure that I'm on the right track here. Um, yes. Yeah, so the candies. I'm gonna save. I'm gonna save that. I'm gonna actually. I'm actually save that for another time. Um, I'm not gonna have time to get to it though. Um, however, I do want to get to. I do want to get to um I do want to get to um Will Smith's podcast actually. So um I'll save that for another time actually. I'm gonna save that for another time. So I'm gonna save that for another time actually. Um let's see. Um, let me see, let me see. Okay. Of course, obviously, um, obviously, um, Obviously, Will Smith has a podcast that that he started not too long ago. Um, if I could find that story, um, if I could find that story, actually, hold on a minute. Um, yes, yeah, so here, um, Will Smith's um started a podcast not too long ago so we're gonna get into a little thing um podcast juice of the week which i haven't done that in a long time actually so let's get into it right here um podcast juice of the week so this (laughs) this is very interesting right here and i haven't had this in a long time so so um Okay. Will Smith has a new podcast that's out right now, actually. Um, according to, um, according to the Grio website. Okay, so here it is. So we're gonna get into, we're gonna get into it right here. So Will Smith is heading into the podcast arena. Arena. The Oscar winner will host class of 88 the upcoming podcast series from wondery and audible that dives deep into one of the most prolific years in hip-hop um described as an original podcast collaboration class of 88 takes listeners on a journey back to the late 1980s when hip-hop took the world by storm and became the global cultural phenomenon it is today listeners become immense immersed 
in this landmark year for music through in-depth hilarious and emotional interviews with the artists that helped define the genre. The official synopsis describes um, Yes, so in addition to host Smith, who refers his unique perspective and personal experience, the podcast interviewees include big names like Queen Latifah, Salt and Pepper, Daryl DMC McDaniels, Rakim, Fab Five Freddy, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Chuck D, um, JJ Fad, and DJ Red Alert. Check out a teaser below, which features an interview between Smith and Chuck D. Um, in the clip, Smith reflecting on 1988 called that time period one of the greatest eras in hip hop, agreeing. Chuck D credited Run DMC and late great Jam Master J for their fundamental foundational contributions to the genre. Those three and the structure around it made it look like, made it look at, made me look at all those guys and say, we got something for you, for your asses too. Um, so, um, all, all of class of 88 are available to stream now on Amazon music, audible or whatever, wherever you get your podcast. All right. So, um, all right. So I'm, I'm going to give you like some list of podcast shows to check out actually from the top of my head, um, starting with, um, extra the podcast which is based off the tv the tv show on fox all right um which are which is set up which already celebrated um 30 years the 30th anniversary of of the tv show being on the air all right so um and um we have tmz the tmz podcast you got tmz live you have um you have teams the verified teams the sports um the friend zone the friends podcast um and um and um of course um um across the spoiler verse of course which is one of my favorites actually um and there's um um the yeah there's so many there's so many podcast shows that I listen to as far as the episodes and stuff like that but I'm going to have to make a whole list for next time on the segment of podcast juice of the week so um yeah so there you have it right there um yeah podcast juice of the week okay so um, let's get into, I want to get into, before I forget, Spawn arrives in season six of Call of Duty. Yes, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, and um, Call of Duty. Um, no, wrong thing. No. Um. 
am. Um. All right. Um. Let me just. Um. Let me just go on to the next topic. Um. I thought I had. Um. The video game chamber segment, but I'm using that for my other podcast platform. So let me just get to. Let's get into. Uh, let's get into. If I'm not forgetting anything. Oh. Oh. Yes. Yes, this is what I was looking for. This is exactly what I was looking for. Um, I do apologize for that one right there. Um, okay, this is from GameRant.com. All right, so um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Season 6 will introduce a spawn skin and bring back zombie royale mode this the new season begins on it began it began on september 27th at 9 a.m pacific time and will be the last competitive period before the release of modern warfare 3. season 6 will feature operator skins based on Skeletor, Evil, Evil Dead 2, Helsing, and a weapon bundle with the iconic chainsaw from Doom. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Season 6 is set to introduce an eye-catching spawn skin and mark the return of the popular zombie royale mode, among many other additions. The newly announced season will be the game's final competitive period before the release of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Um yes, 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 yes. Um Modern Warfare 3. Um the Call of Duty seasons typically run for about two months. For example, Modern Warfare 2 season five started on August second and is set to conclude on september 26th at division now officially announced season six which is scheduled to begin the following day september 27th at 9 9 a.m pacific time um um, the new season will introduce a spawn operator skin based on the impenimous um image comic superhero that battle pass edition shouldn't come as a big surprise to fans not least not least because of the call of duty season six comic collaboration already leaked online earlier this week other than spawn call of duty players will soon be able to unlock operator skins based on the skeletor from masters of the universe evil dead 2 and helsing all of which are set to be added to Modern Warfare 2 and Warfare via time-limited bundles. Um, A weapon bundle containing the iconic chainsaw from Doom will also be a part of the upcoming seasonal seasonal offerings. Um, Furthermore, uh, Season 6 will will debut the first ever crossover between Call of Duty and Diablo and with Activision confirming that Lilith and Inaris, Inarius will be um, added to Modern Warfare 2 and Warfare and Warzone Operator Warzone Operator roster. The coming season should truly hit 
its stride come October 17th, which already happened already when this year's edition of the Haunting event is scheduled to begin. <clears throat> As is tradition, the next Call of Duty Halloween promo will reintroduce Zombies Royale, a limited time mode that will allow players to alternate um, between fighting as human operators and zombified um, monstrosities. Um, two of each core and gunfight maps will be will also be available at the start of season six, with the former pair, um, including Mexican Mansion, La Casa, and Coral Village. <clears throat> A remake of Two Jane from the 2005 Call of Duty 2, and while the new multiplayer map retains the overall layout of its predecessor, it replaces its signature desert town aesthetic with that of a snow-covered village. Meanwhile, the incoming gunfight maps come in the form of King from the 2019 Modern Warfare reboot and fight a small firing range filled with close quarters combat opportunities. Um, the mid-season haunting will also the mid-season haunting event will also introduce temporary map reskins of El Asilo and Embassy, both both of which will be in service of its overarching Halloween theme, as is the the case with the majority of the existing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 content, all new weapons and cosmetics coming in Season 6 will be transferable to Modern Warfare 3. Of course, um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is available now for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. All right. So there you go right there. Um... Okay, before I wrap up here, I want to make sure I get the I I um take the time to mention the website where I read off the the best drinks. I want to make sure I mention that. Um let me see. I want to make sure I mention that. So, let me just find where I Okay. Hang on one second, folks. Um, it's crazy, right? Um, okay, so the best drink recipes. Yes. Okay, so the 50 cocktails that I was just talking about here, if you want to know how to make it or whatever and stuff like that, that just went over just now as far as the recipes and how to do it and all that other stuff. Um, you can check out the Cosmopolitan website, www.cosmopolitan.com slash UK work life. Um, G3088 slash easy Halloween cocktails. All right. So there you go right there. And um, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have time to go over the, best and worst Halloween candy, but I'll have to do that some other time. I'll have to do that some other time, actually. Um, all right. So, yeah, I'm going to have to do that some other time. Okay, so 
Okay, let's wrap up here. All right, we're going to wrap up here, actually, um, because um, hang on one second. Hang on. Hang on one second. Let me set this up. Okay, here we go. All right, I'm about to wrap up here right now. We're going to go into the very, very, very last segment of the night, which is... Stream choices on the go, man. Let's do it. All right. Um, make sure you follow this podcast on Facebook and Instagram, Facebook threads and Instagram alongside with um, my other podcast shows that I do on a weekly basis. Um, and, um, and of course, um, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, um, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast, and of course, this this one right here. Um, this one right here is also on, you, on YouTube and Instagram as well. So be sure to follow that. Along with myself, G Money Stacks, Triple Five in Queens, New York. Um, be sure to turn your notifications for postings, updates, and everything else in between. Um, I'm going to be posing a question in regards to um, what, in regards to the best Halloween drinks and the worst Halloween drinks, the worst um, Halloween TV movies and the worst Halloween um, TV shows and stuff like that. So I'm going to be making a question about that too. And um, yeah, so if you go to the League and Bar, you're going to see Hang on. If you go to the Lincoln Bar, you're gonna see a whole whole list of um um hold on. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, um, if you go to the link in bio where it says um, Linktree slash Gmoney stash triple five, you're going to see a whole list of stream platforms where you can listen to the episodes on every streaming platform. I will get to it right now.
Um, I will get to it right now. Um, starting with Odyssey, um, Audible, Audible, Audio Burst, Amazon Music, Breaker, Bull FM Podcast, um, Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Pod Bay, Pod Friend, Pod Hound, Pod Opolo, Podorama Podcast, Index Podcast, Addict Podcast, no, excuse me, Pod Chaser, Podverse Podcast Guru, Podvine Snipped, Spotify, Spotify for Podcasters, um, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, the number one app for music, radio, and podcasts. Um, where you can listen to music, radio, and podcasts for free. And you don't need a credit card to download iHeartRadio or any of the apps whatsoever. All right? Um, and, of course, be sure to f- subscribe, follow the podcast on iHeartRadio and, and the stream platforms that I just mentioned just now. And... Of course, be sure to follow my other podcast shows that's also on iHeartRadio and streaming platforms, which is Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, um, Sports Edition show, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast review show, and alongside with um, Off the Meat Rack Chains New York Avenue podcast. All right. And, and also do the same with YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to three of the YouTube channel pages that I just talked about. Um, excellent fun vibrant talks podcast, um, the sports YouTube channel page, meticulous vibe juice podcast, YouTube channel page as well, and the primary handle for all the New York Avenue podcast live stream episodes is is on the YouTube channel of G Money Stacks Triple Five. Be sure to be sure to grab the subscribe button, click on the notification bell alongside with alerts so you can be reminded of when each episode recording is going to be um recording on the air via live stream includes the month the day the date and time and be sure to share the episodes share the episodes share the videos download the episodes you can even add your favorite podcast episodes in the podcast to your playlist and be sure to listen stream watch these episodes and of course be sure to be sure to um of course leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and and um and of course um tell us what you think about the halloween topics and stuff you know what i'm saying what are your favorite what are some of your favorite um halloween drinks the best and the worst the best tv halloween shows and halloween movies from best to worst all right and um which i'll make a question about that too and um be sure to um tell a friend to another friend spread the word alongside with um word of mouth Share the link with the stream platform links with your husbands, your wives, your boyfriends, girlfriends, your friends, and the people you're cool with from work and everywhere else in between. All right. And um and um look, 
that's that's about it for me right here, man. And I would like to say thank you to every single one of you who took the time to listen to um the episodes of this platform right here off the meet red chains new york avenue podcast i really appreciate you for helping me get to 300 episodes already and this really means a lot to me especially on the halloween night and i was truly glad that i had a chance to do that because i had some halloween topics to talk about and um and for the most part um for the most part um I really, I really, really enjoy doing this as a career. I really enjoy doing this. And, um, and yeah, so thank you. You could have listened to any um, podcast in the world right now, but you chose to listen to this New York Avenue um, podcast platform right here. And um, before I get up out of here, let me just give a birthday shout out real quick to two people out here um happy birthdays to happy birthdays and happy halloweens to to jj and misari um two college friends of mine all right so happy birthday hope y'all enjoy your halloween weekend and everything else in between as far as like halloween events and birthday events and stuff all right so all right, and remember, the grind doesn't stop. Hard work pays off. If you want something, you have to work hard and earn it. New York was built in a day. All right, so you have to. You, you gotta look for your niche. Look for um what fits you, what clicks to you, um. Creatively, mentally, physically, and spiritually alongside with um consistency and confidence that gets you into your zone alongside with tunnel vision all right so i'm about to be out of here thank you very much for helping me to 300 episodes already i appreciate every single one of you it really means a lot to me and i would like to go out with a bang real quick so just bear with me. All right. Um, yeah, so um, listen, if you 
if you look up to anybody, including podcasters and stuff like that, that's doing amazing, that's doing over 300 episodes already and stuff like that, look, it's never too late to actually look for your niche and a skill that you're, that you're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? And don't worry about the people who who are hating on you, on, on your success and everything else in between, man. You don't need those fuckers, okay? You don't need them. So it's all, it's, it's all about you. It's not about pleasing other people and networks and everything else in between, man. You don't need that. All right? So, um, yeah. So let me just do a little bit of this. Make some noise one more time for myself, man, for reaching episode 300. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. One second. Hang on. Thank you so much to every single one of you and the listeners and the watchers out there and everywhere else at home, um, USA, international, Canada, Long Island, aka Strong Island, and the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I wouldn't have made it to 300 episodes without you. So I appreciate, I appreciate you and. And I love every single one of y'all out there, man. And if y'all have any questions or whatever, you can DM me on Instagram or anything else or any topics or anything like that, whatsoever that you want me to discuss or whatever. And 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 it's and it can't be political, all right? So I so I'm up I'm up out of here, man. Peace and one love. Happy Halloween and happy birthdays to JJ and Masari. All right. Peace out. One love, good night, and happy Halloween, folks. Yo, what's up, everyone at home? 
You want to hear more from me? I need your help on a couple of things. Go follow Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Avenue podcast on Facebook, Threads, and Instagram. Tap on the notifications so you can know when I will be on Instagram live recording podcast episodes. Plus, you can do the same with YouTube on my channel, G Money Stacks Triple Five. Grab the subscribe button for more live video episodes. Click on the notification bell and alerts as reminders of the date, day, and time when each episode recording will be on the air via live stream. You can also share your thoughts on the topics of each episode in the comments section. If you miss any new or previous episodes, don't worry. You can catch up in my link tree slash gmoneystacks555 with the links to listen, stream, and watch on every streaming platform, including Spotify for Podcasters, formerly known as Anchor, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can download and add the podcast to your playlist of your favorite episodes. I'm your man, G Money Stacks, a.k.a. The Greginator. Thank you so much for, for tuning in, listening, streaming, rocking with me, and watching me on the podcast. One love. Peace out.